never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd the latest episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything, the podcast where we talk about all things movies, video games, comic books, books, Lego toys, anything and everything, because everything is in canon. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Boris, and this week I'm joined by Phil. Hey, 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 how are you all doing? And Tyler. Wow. Wow. All right. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> and that's how you're going to start 2021 on the show. Yeah. Hey, look, what else is there to do at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's par for course. Par for course at this point. On this week's show, we're going to talk about bannings on social media. We're going to be talking about death threats, PS5s, and then we're going to have a little fun this week. Because the geek news is a little, little light, we're going to turn to 2020, say fuck you, and we're going to give you our best and the worst of 2020. How does that sound, guys? I like it. Oh, I yep. like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, wow. That's what we're going to do. So that's, this is the energy. This is the energy of the show today, guys. Coming hey, it riled happy. up, just wait. I'm happy, you know what, it's like some kind of anniversary for the Fraggles. So, it's a good day anytime we're celebrating the Fraggles. So, there we go. That's my news contribution. It was confirmed again today that Apple are actually producing full-length episodes, and they purchased the entire back catalog of the Fraggles. So they will be airing that. So that kind of marks the first time that Apple TV will be kind of library accessing previous content. So it's very weird. cool. That's very good. Very good for them. Um, yeah, what a week it's been, guys. Um, Tyler, how, how's ever Happy New Year to you. First time you're on the show in 2021. Last week you were having technical issues up the ass. Um, so you weren't... And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PTSD. Yeah. I wish you guys uh, could see our cams right now. <laughs> I mean, look, I am. Um, I almost didn't want to mention it because, like, I I had to do a clean wipe on a bunch of things. Um, I had to rebuild parts of my home network from scratch, and it's all working now. But I'm like in that state of like, don't question it, don't talk about it. Who knows how long this will last? Um. <laughs> The guys can also notice that I've read in the layout of my office, and instead of a whiteboard that regularly has NDA <laughs> stuff on it, it's now a bookshelf. I That was the um, first thing I noticed. Yeah. Um, I, Boris mentioned we might be going on to live video sometimes this year, and I was like, well, I need to do this at some point. 
because I ain't erasing NDA stuff off a whiteboard um, when it's like, and it's not anything like nuclear codes. It'll be like the names of projects I'm working on for yeah. me organizing thoughts, which us keeping behind closed doors, you know, it is what it is. Um, but that's not going public. I'm not that. I'm not that willing to implode my career. But that's the thing, right? Like, especially in today's day and age where everyone is working from home, a lot of people have whiteboards behind them. And it always makes me laugh. Like, so when, you know, I do sales now um, for for Mm -hmm. software and companies. So when I talk to customers, seeing their whiteboards, I'm like, oh, look at that. That's funny. Yeah. So let this be a message to all our listeners. Make sure, do a scan of what your webcam picks up yeah and or like i don't know use one of those filters so your background can't be seen yep yep yeah but you can never trust those <laughs> like well, I, you... i've seen them go horribly wrong in meetings where people well, are like you have the blur the blur like, works the best yeah yeah that's yeah. what i mean i meant the blur that is just like it focuses on yeah. you and it kind of blurs everything out yep. well I... people can enjoy the star wars-ness that is behind me yeah. You guys can see what? my holy trinity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are the hey, birds hey. chirping today? Hashtag Latino. <laughs> yeah, gotta have your crucifix. Sorry, is it sorry, a sta- sorry, Latin X. Latin X. Latin X. Come on. Is it a is it a happy Jesus or a sad Jesus crucifix? It's not Buddy Christ. No. He looks all right. He looks Buddy pretty happy Christ. up there. He's all right. Yeah. And... This is currently a thing. We're gonna nerd out about this. I've I've visited a bunch of cathedrals in Italy and Spain and have like gone on lecture tours and shit talking about the difference between happy Jesus and sad Jesus. What's wrong, Phil? It's a well, delight. Look at the absurdity of this. Like we brought in Kevin Smith with Buddy Jesus. <laughs> Just the actual absurdity of it, because now I'm thinking about every single church and cathedral that I've been yeah. into, and thinking about mm-hmm. the pained look or expression on Jesus' yeah. face or his contentment. Like, yeah, I I get creeped out when I see content Jesus because yeah. I'm like, eh, it's a cross, you know, it's, it can't can't be too you, comfy. You That's know what freaks Jesus. me out the most That's though? Happy Jesus. You know what freaks me out though? Happy what? Aryan Jesus. Like when Jesus is blonde hair, blue eyed and happy on the cross, I'm like, oh, that is some that's some low key white supremacy. Yeah, that's and the show has officially been flagged. Oh, yeah, you got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I had a customer this week go on about how. It's it's brown people's fault that Toronto and Ontario have these COVID numbers. Yeah. Because it's just gotta be. And I'm like, how? She's like, oh, you know, those people with like 30 to 50 people in their household. And I was like, oh, you're not even hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. You should have asked that <sighs> person kiss. what they did over Christmas and New Year's. And it's like, oh, I had my entire family over is what yes. the response is probably going to be. No. He drove down to Toronto for him and his son to deliver gifts to people in their homes. Yeah. Oh, there's the yeah, the yeah. hands. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, Tyler, what have you what have you been watching? What's going on in the world of Tyler? That's where I meant to go with this, and then we just yeah, no, went. okay. Uh, yeah, I re- my office is a lot better now. So, um, I, 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 one of my Christmas gifts was I got an NAS server, 
So I set that up. Boris is looking really close. Are you trying to look at what's on the shelf? Uh, to the other side of you. The 3D printer? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's quiet right now. I it's like an it. AnyCubic Mega S. Wow. I oh, We're God. still working on the new layout because the, the, the new camera, this is a temporary camera angle. The final one's going to be more like that. Yeah. A little more to the right, but I got to like. And I love the, I I love the fisheye look. I love the fisheye look you got going. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I somehow messed with my effects on my camera when this reset, and that's it's the same camera. I don't know. I gotta work on fixing that too. Yep. Have you? Uh, we've been watching. Watch anything? a metric ton of movies. Um, yeah. It's been movie catch up time. Mm. Um, watched Soul. Watched. What else did I watch? I'm just pulling up, pulling up to see what I've been watching. What else did I watch? I watched. Oh, I watched Adam Brody's attempt at a comeback called The Kid Detective. Oh yeah. <laughs> Way better than you expect. Really? Better than it has any right to be. Wow. Like, you go in being like, oh, this is just being a shitty, like, attempt at Adam Brody coming back. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. Adam Brody can act. Whoever yeah. directed this can write. Like, this is just a really good movie. Um, also made it through another round. Mads Mikkelsen plays an alcoholic in... Um, hmm. Uh... uh What's the country? My brain is loading the wrong words. My brain, my brain is loading Daneland and Dane Law because I've been playing too much <laughs> Assassin's Creed. What? Danish. It's the Danish Norway. people. Nope. South of Norway. South of Sweden. It's the other. There's four Nordic countries. Five you had Iceland. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Are you thinking like Amsterdam? That's area? that's the Netherlands. Netherlands that's not yeah. Nordic. I'm thinking Netherlands. So yeah. All right, if you're talking that, the Danish people are from Denmark. Is the one I'm Denmark? thinking. Denmark. Jeez. Ah. <sighs> you know that I let yeah. that one go, right? Like I was. Just... Uh, I know you did. I, look, <laughs> I was I was asking for help, and Phil's there. Like we'll figure this out, buddy. And Boris is like, this is grade A content. Yeah. <laughs> Um, rewatch Attack the Block, John Boyega's like first oh. big breakout. Yeah. And the guy who, who directed it went on to write Ant Man or Core Ant Man. I've, I've seen it before. My wife has never seen it. It is, they have like a, like a half a million dollar budget hmm. and they do so well with it. Yeah. It's just a tight movie. It's well put together. Oh, it's just good. It's just solid. Um, for my wife's birthday, we watched Cats 2019 again. Happy birthday to her. I mean, the best part of that was watching multiple people on the Zoom call who had never seen Cats before. Oh, gosh. Go into looks of terror. Like, yeah. that, was, that was what got it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been watching a lot. I'm watching a lot. Good. That's very good. How about you, uh, Phil? What's going on in the world of film? Uh, you know what? A lot of gaming. Um, doing a lot of Stadia life. Nice. Which is becoming a thing for me now. Um, as well, I'm, uh, I've been watching The Expanse, getting caught up on that current season. 
but nothing too earth shattering or whatnot. It's uh, Stadia is the biggest thing for me. Stadia, I'm I'm becoming very very impressed with. I'm <clears throat> I had done a full playthrough of Jedi Fallen Order on my PlayStation Four Pro <clears throat> last year. I have I had started probably about halfway through on my Xbox One, and I noticed that the same issues that I had on the PS4 Pro were present in the um, the Xbox version, and that's when ever Saw Guerrera is involved, especially on Kashyyyk. When he pops in, it literally pops in. It it oh. gets all funky. It it really gets funky, and it's something that people have noticed that the game starts to slow down on these platforms. Huh. And I even further validated it by by share playing a friend of mine's PS4 version huh. on the regular PS4, which was absolutely horrid for it compared to the Pro. Interesting. So I'm playing it on Stadia, and I don't have that issue. So I'm really enjoying the fact that the game actually performs well. Huh. So Very cool. Very cool. And there you go, you know, benefits of Stadia. Updates done behind the scene, servers behind the scene. You don't have to worry about anything. You just get to actually enjoy the game for what the game is. That's very cool. What else have you played? Um, It's been dangerous for me because of the vacuum that was Christmas yeah. and the sales that they put on. Oh, my so gosh. I've, I bought um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm-hmm. I also bought Watch Dogs 3. Yep. And I, the Stadia Pro gave me a whole bunch of free games, so I got F1 Racing. I bought the Grid. I bought the Doom series. I bought oh. Tomb Raider, the uh, the first adventure game. These things were all selling for like five and twenty bucks. Type. Of I, I mean, that's what they're going to help get you, right? Is that they're going to get you with that install base of your games, and that's going to help them out with their. Yeah, and I'm I'm doing it. In part, like just just to have the freedom and the mobility of playing the games on that platform, just because of of just how convenient it is. Yeah, but I'm also doing it as a direct comparison for the show here. Oh, totally. I know Boris yeah. and I like we we've we've chatted about it, and so I've committed to doing a little bit deeper of a dive mm-hmm. on 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 the gaming end of it. Like obviously with Cyberpunk, with Valhalla, with Watch Dogs Three, I don't have a basis of comparison, and I'm not. I'm not ever going to entertain that, but with some of the older games like Doom, like Jedi Fallen Order, uh, racing games, um, I have Borderlands 3, which you guys know about. I got it for 80 cents. Yep. That type of thing. I'm I'm trying those games out just because I want to see where there is any fall down point, like where it might be more beneficial to have your own gaming system. Like the, the only Achilles heel here is the internet. Like, yeah. You know, that that's basically it and I, that's a pretty small issue considering most of the games that we play on our standalone console still yeah. need to be connected to the internet yep. in order to have functionality so yeah. i don't really see it as too much of a weakness outside of like your actual physical speed of the internet right like it depends then <laughs> that can vary because um good news there when i'm home in my home apartment phil i sent you the message i don't think i sent it to tyler but we upgraded to the ignite um internet from rogers holy shit so i was getting about 30 megs before which is not bad that's you know not the worst but when a lot of people are streaming gaming whatever what have you Mm -hmm. 
it that I can eat too fast. Yeah, we're at two fifty to three hundred now. Oh. Yeah, Jessica's. Yeah, yeah, I'm jelly. Yeah. I think we. I, 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 I think we gotta mention because you said we have a lot of international listeners. It's worth noting that Canada, for being like a G eight country, I think we have the worst internet in the G eight. Yeah, we do. Probably the most expensive and the most. Yeah, expensive. That's what I mean. It, it's a combination of it's of expense for what you get. We have some of the worst in the developed world. Yeah, yeah. like we literally have and, the worst just, cell phone plans. Due to the vastness of the country, too, that that hinders a lot of stuff because oh. it's hard for them to implement however in the gta we are beneficial but yeah. pricing wise it, it still taxes us because we have to support a lot of the infrastructure that needs to go in to cover the the you know worse off areas the yeah it's spread the risk well it, it is yeah it's complicated though because like part of the reason we're paying so much now is because for a long time you know the the Government was just kind of like, I don't know, we're going to let the market solve internet. And people in Iqaluit are like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can say move to them, but my, like, no matter what your, your moral framework is, people in Iqaluit are the reason that we get to claim control over the Northwest Passage. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. So. That's that. What else have I been doing? I've been doing a lot of... Uh, well, I've been playing two games mainly. So, by Cyberpunk, um, <laughs> I was blowing through the uh, the main quest for a while, and now I just start doing a shit ton of side quests. So, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, Some of those and, side quests are banana fun. They really are. And I love how they vary in, you know, I'm going to get shot up versus stealth versus... I'm going to, like, you know, go into this room and kill everyone, including my friends, <laughs> to um, just I'm walking around. Like, they're so varied and tons of fun. <laughs> so I've been having a lot of fun with the side quests. Um, and then a game that I started and I played for a few days because it was so much fucking fun was Immortals Phoenix Rising. Ah, <clears throat> yes. I have that on my Stadia as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so much fun. It's so much fun, guys. If anyone wants a fun game, a funny game, because you can have fun playing video yes. games, it's this game. It the the script, yeah. the voice acting, it's really cheesy, but the game is a lot of fun. Yes, it's you can make a lot of comparisons to Breath of the Wild, but it's still it it's, it's still has its own look and feel to it per se. Um, it's a lot of yeah. fun. Ubisoft actually made a half-decent game. Now, one thing that I wanted to bring up is the fact that I've had more crashes with Immortals Phoenix Rising than <laughs> Cyberpunk. Yep. Yep. Gotta. You know what? It runs bulletproof on Stadia. <laughs> Both do? I mean, yeah. look, Google's throwing so many resources at it, it looks like. That it's probably just like, it is crashing, and just they just are throwing a new computer to slam into it immediately, so you just don't notice. Yeah, oh, exactly. I, I had a Jedi Fallen Order crash on me last night. Oh, okay. And I was like, what the hell's going on? It oh. just kind of hung there, and then I could hear the music, and it was still playing, but I wasn't. And I'm like, so I exited out, and then I tried to play another game, and it wouldn't load. And then I tried to play another game, it wouldn't load, so I just rebooted my Chromecast, and then it worked fine. Fair. Yep. So yeah. I think the device itself had to hang, but yeah, yeah, 
That's not too bad. Yeah, and then I've been watching a lot of... I've been watching a ton of stuff. I've been watching way too much more than I want to admit. Um, a good show on Netflix is the uh, the Japanese show Alice in Borderlands. If you've read the manga... Really? If you've read the manga or you watch the OVAs, you have hmm. to watch this. And if you've never heard of it, watch this. Alice in Borderlands hmm. is essentially Battle Royale... Meets Hunger Games, meets Saw. Jeez. I don't know if that's up my alley. And this isn't a Boris, <laughs> hey, Phil, watch Riverdale thing. This is legit. Watch <laughs> oh, God. No, not Riverdale. He fell oh, for it. Oh, did oh I you fool, Phil. That's how he gets you. You know what? I was okay with it for like two or three episodes. I'm like, hey, man, this has got you know, some good looking peeps in it. And uh, there's some story that seems kind of interesting. And then it got really teenage drama. Well, and then it gets weird. And, and then it's like, and then oh, they just took roped over. in at that point. You're like, there's so much drama. I want to go yell at somebody, some authority figure in my life right now. But no, that's not reasonable. I'm an adult. Damn it. And then it's just like, where am I getting this from? Riverdale. Riverdale made you an angsty teen again. Yes, it did. Made him on a I mean, teacher to, again. You're yeah, gonna look like, at. You're gonna listen to punk music and make those S's, S8s and your yeah. markers in your textbook. Haven't you ever found that? But sometimes you watch something, and this is to anyone out there. Sometimes when you really get into it, you start watching something, and you kind of start emulating it in some aspect of your life. Like you just get caught up in that mindset of of the characters, and then you're like hang on, I'm kind of acting off-brand right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you catch yourself in real life going, I don't want to see how you get this after upset. you watch Porky's or American <laughs> Pie. Yeah, I'm wondering what the hell's going on here now. Oh, no, that's just an afternoon in the shower and you're all good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know I had to go for that joke. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, Alice in Borderlands. It's a good show. I'll, I'll Realistically, I don't think you would like it too much, Phil. But yeah. is it subtitled? It's, it's dubbed. Okay, it's <laughs> dubbed. All right, it's got something going for it. I find the subtitles are really difficult because I get distracted by the imagery and then I'm not reading what I'm supposed to read. So it just bothers me because I'm like, it's hard to be in a visual, immersed in a visual thing, and reading the subtitles for me. But sometimes it goes okay. Other times I'm challenged. I like dubbing. <laughs> I don't know why this bit's getting me so well, but God, that's funny. Now, like, Phil, are you from Oshawa? Like, what the fuck was that? No, I'm just saying when it comes to certain types of manga, I have a difficult time with it. If it's anime? Really, yeah, like anime, like, if, if it's something like, because traditionally I watch stuff like Ghost in the Shell, and it gets pretty heady. Like, it, it gets into this, for me, anyhow, I always right. like the dichotomy of, merging technology into our lives or into our beings and and at what sacrifice to our soul that type of thing and if you look at it and it, its origination in the 90s and whatnot and and just how that wasn't really a fully digested idea by that point whereas we're at a different spot now when you think about the context of the time it was pretty out there and it's difficult sometimes to read those concepts and appreciate the visuals because the visuals are so stunning. 
So I ended up having to, you know, obviously on the first couple walk watchthroughs, really pay attention to the subtitles and just contextually understand what's happening on screen. And then I can go back and rewatch the movie, but it, it takes three or four watches at that point yeah. before I can really take it in totality where I can go, holy crap, I really like the artwork here. I really like this action sequence and how this fit into the story or how they told certain subtle elements to the story. And then you also get the difference between dubbed and sometimes you go back to the subtitles and you can have them both going at the same time and understand the original uh, uh, Japanese and then how it gets interpreted into the English and the stuff missed. So then it gives me further deeper context into it. That's how nerdy I get with that kind of stuff. Like I really get invested in it. That's a great, yeah. No, and that I know a few other people who are in the same boat as you. So that's yeah. I fully get it. I fully yeah, get it. So what the hell the short is going is... on with the two of you? What are you guys doing? I just my chair. Okay. <laughs> so okay. the short bit is always, I don't. I would rather it dubbed because then I get to do both things at once. Yeah. But it sounds like a bit of a cheap shot at subtitles and it's not it, it's it's really difficult right now i'm trying to get through akira kurosawa films in my spare time and those aren't dubbed oh god yeah those are not dubbed and those are pretty dense like dense yes that's a good word for it so i can only take about 20 minutes at a time before i go okay time out like i i oh, yeah. gotta unplug from this because yeah. it's and because i want to appreciate it for the cinematography more than anything so I'm going to make a decision, I think, at some point to just watch the movie in all Japanese and, and try to tune out the subtitles. Yeah. Just so Fair. I can see what that movie is visually doing. Because I, I don't think that there's a, there's a lot of great, <laughs> huge, monumental dialogue going on with a 19, like, 30s or 40s movie. Type. Some, but yeah, to Kurosawa's credit, you could probably watch most of his movies without any subtitles yeah. and get most of the plot. It's just not yeah, like true. against the dialogue. It's just that is in many ways a yeah. weird movie. Yeah, except for dreams, maybe dreams. I think you pretty much have to know what's going on because it's more yeah. short story, and it, it's yeah, that's just a fascinating side story. If you've ever seen the mm -hmm. uh, the the nuclear meltdown in Japan and some of the stuff that that Kurosawa was getting on on camera in that movie regarding that kind of yeah. stuff, it's uh yeah. So here, how's this for a segue? We're going to go from Kurosawa to... Has anyone watched Bridgerton yet? Uh, my wife binged it all in two days. It's so I've fucking never, good. I've never even heard of And this is a Boris watch. And you, and oh, you I couldn't exact, do it. You got, yeah, exactly. It's a Boris watch. Well, it's very Shonda Rhimes. And I can respect Shonda Rhimes as, like... She's got chops. She knows what she's doing. I just have no interest in that style of storytelling. Yeah. What is it? It's, so it's it's a period drama, a la like a Jane Austen era, mm -hmm. with modernized casting, colorblind casting, and a modernized kind of uh, uh, costuming done by Shonda Rhimes. So it's like a little bit Jane Austen meets Grey's Anatomy meets pretty little gossip liars. girl almost yeah. yep yeah yep it's based on a series of books and the lady behind them was like a champion at writing i think she wrote like a nine book series in five years wow Oof. 
she's a champion. If you look at the lady, I can't remember her name, it's escaping me right now, but the lady who wrote the books that are based on, I think she's written like 60 books since the 90s or something like that. Like, it's obscene. Can she get in touch with R.R. Martin? Well, look, you mentioned it, so it gets delayed again. Oh, no! And people complain about cyberpunk. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, look, the thing that actually pisses me off more than anything is uh, uh, Patrick Rothfuss. Because his editor is like, it doesn't matter how I'm mad at him, but it doesn't matter, like, nothing he can do will make me not publish it. And I'm like, well, he has no incentive. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. so shitty to, like, other writers. Yep. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, I've been watching. I, yeah, I've been watching way too much. Like I said, way too much. Um, this weekend, I watched Escape Room 2019. That was that was a movie. Yeah, that was a thing. Um, like I said, Alice in Borderland. Uh, what? Else? Oh, yeah, just a lot of well, different stuff. You know, it's a good one. I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring for for stuff that I watched that I didn't expect it to be good, but it was fun. It was Death to Twenty Twenty on Netflix? Oh, that oh, was I couldn't hilarious. do it. Oh, really? I really know. Well that made me laugh my ass off. It's a parody. Great. I I we try. I tried to watch it. I made it 15 minutes in, and I was like, oh, right, this just was the worst year. All right, yeah. well, I'm going to go watch something actually entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a little reminder of some of the real shit times. But... With the fact that, like, oh, yeah, we started in World War Three. That's yeah. how this yeah. year started. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's what made me laugh. I'm like, I fucking forgot all this yep. stuff happened. So, so speaking like... of people who almost incited World War Three, uh, we're going to get to the news we don't have too much geek news because real news took over this week. But in terms sure. of geek news, it was a little lighter. And the person who almost started World War Three was in the news again because at the end of the week, President Mr. Trump was banned from Twitter and other social media platforms. So the big question, the big debate is this. Is this a violation of the First Amendment. Is that a... No, because it's a private company, so there's, there that's can't be a exactly First Amendment it. violation. That's exactly, that's exactly right there. So Unless right, you but, redefine Twitter and Facebook as a public square, in which case, there's still rules. Yep. I, 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 I don't know. I find well, everyone... All weekend, with the, all weekend, the White House has been saying, you know, this is the beginning of the Marxist Antifa goal of quieting anyone who speaks against them, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to remember, this is the White House press secretary saying this, complaining that the president of the United States of America doesn't have a forum to speak in. But she says on TV. Wrap that around your head. Yep. Like rap. Well, it doesn't matter. It's... Where they're complaining that the president of the United States of America doesn't have a platform. He literally he has a platform him. that he can walk up to at any point. Yep. Here's the thing: at the end of the day, if he does use that platform, he has media to question him. Whereas if he goes on social media, no one will question him. He can spread whatever lies he wants, etc., etc., etc. Anyways, that's on the surface of things. We're gonna, you know, one thing that I really like about this triage of people is the fact that we kind of get a little deeper into the news so 
on the face of things, yes, this is not a violation to your First Amendment. We can debate whether this is a slippery slope all we want. But at the end of the day, these companies have the power to do as they want, as they say. Um, you know, I, if you can get if you can get banned for showing titties, if you can get banned for you know going on certain rants, you know it's it's it's, it's up to these platforms to have that final say. So it, the, other, the other thing that's worth remembering, I think, is that multiple longitudinal studies have proven that almost every social media platform is actually pro-conservative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Facebook has been repeatedly demonstrated by academics and statisticians to be preferential towards right-wing and Trumpist policies and talking heads versus people who are against them. Yeah. So, yeah. you know... It, but it, this is the thing. It's like, worth remembering that. Yeah, but I'm going to counter that, and I agree 100% with you, but I'm going to counter sure. it just because I know that there's going to be some listeners like Todd from Tennessee who are going to turn around sure. and say, you're lying, those studies are fake, blah, blah, blah. So like, the issue now is that you can't reason with anyone, right? You're either on one spectrum or the other, and there's no middle ground anymore. There's no, like, everyone just says that the other side is lying at this point. See, I think that's, that's a false comparison. And it, it, it is a talking point that inherently privileges people like Donald Trump. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I got in a fight with someone on the other day who they were like, look, the left and the right are both so bad. And they say, say that the other side is the enemy no matter what. And that if they disagree with you, you hate them. And literally Joe Biden is asking for concessions and to work together. And, you know, whether you like the mainstream Democratic Party of the United States or not, they have bent over backwards for 30 years to make concessions and to, like, work with the other side. And they just get told that they're obstinate and not working with them the entire time, no matter what. Yeah. Like, since, since, since Bill Clinton, they have done whatever they can to get people in the right, in the right wing to play ball. And it doesn't matter. And, you know, at, at some point, even buying into the framing device is like you're buying into the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I think. A, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. For, Sorry. I was going to say, I think a great comparison is, um, you know, uh, uh, the white supremacist Nazis are no longer the grand are no longer the grandmother in the attic of the Republican Party or the conservatives mm -hmm. here in Canada. You got to remember. Conservatives in Canada created the Proud Boys, mm -hmm. and we have pictures of our Premier of Ontario hanging out with them, and and doing media appearances with a white, like an openly white supremacist, openly misogynistic group. Yep. And on the left, any any time someone says something like, "Well, actually, we should kill and neuter all white people," you get just as much hate from people who are ostensibly part of this left and yep. there's this this faulty comparison between the right wing where largely speaking people fall in line even Mitt Romney has not really pushed back against Donald Trump and some pretty like blatantly racist things versus any time like AOC has to fight members of the Democrats and members of the Republicans and yep. same does, so does Nancy Pelosi this this 
idea of a unified left buys into just a faulty framing. And I am very concerned if we we continue to support that. And that's to say, like, there's there are 100 percent nut jobs online who if you say like, oh, I, you know, maybe I think that the cops need to be retrained and redone versus abolished entirely. They're going to attack you. But like. The difference is Joe Biden doesn't support them. Yeah. And Donald Trump supports lynching Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> right there. A major thing. But yeah, going back to like the actual social media platforms themselves and, you know, they're essentially watching out for themselves at this point also, because I have a feeling 100%. that all of this is going to be scrutinized. Um, they've been told by the authorities to keep data on, you know, what's been happening over the past few weeks, because there's going to be a deep audit into all of these platforms yeah. and to see how they were openly able to um, organize such a mm-hmm. shit show, you know? So, you know, I think that all, you know, Twitter and wherever else, wherever else they were organizing themselves, um, you know, WhatsApp, come, Telegram, exactly. You know, so private Facebook groups, discord. Ex- exactly. So these groups are just trying to now, reactively look like you know they haven't been quote-unquote helping them per se you know because if this stuff was flagged how often does stuff get flagged and just ignored right because it doesn't break any rules but now these companies are going back and deleting everything after the fact and whatnot but you know they've been told to keep the records blah 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 because yeah there, there's going to be a mm-hmm. deep uh for there's going to for sure a lot of conversations about social media what's allowed what's not allowed and whatnot um and these companies and it are all comes from it all comes from the simple fact that the people who participated in wednesday shenanigans and 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 loss of life and i'm not trying to diminish the seriousness and and of of what happened wednesday but I'm just saying, if they didn't post and brag about it on Twitter and and other platforms, this would be less of an issue. But now they're trying to to expunge the records, right? To, to say, oh, delete this, delete, 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 delete. But it all went up there. The the internet has a long memory, and now these companies are becoming hypersensitive to, <laughs> you know, what people are actually using their the platforms for. Yeah. Right. And it's a scary thing because I know I see on one side the groups are going, well, this is like 1984 because Twitter and them are not participating. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that's just stupid. hilarious because I'm like, well, 1984 is about them participating. <laughs> like that, that's, it's just becoming just such a weird echo chamber for me. I saw a, a, a TikTok parody thing on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but it made me laugh out loud because I'm like, she was right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I think that's the value behind this um, deplatforming stuff. And and again, studies have shown that deplatforming people off of major things lessens and slows down their movement. Yeah. So the harder it is to find, and the harder it is what, to congregate, means yeah. you're taking steam away from. What? And the more steps that are involved and the more things and you lower discoverability. Um, but to use someone who I think that, you know, is less contentious than Donald Trump is someone like frickin' Richard Spencer, who is openly part of the Ku Klux Klan. 
and he gets kicked off of YouTube and shit because we don't support the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. And and the fewer places that you can find him, the harder it is to be affected by affected by his his worldview and and it, yep. to fall down that rabbit hole. And you know, it, the one side of it is people can go like, well, every individual is an adult, and you can make your own decisions. It's like, yeah, but. That's not how policy works. Like policy is about trends and averages. And yeah, if if you know, if more people being exposed to white supremacy makes more white supremacists, maybe we should try to prevent them from being exposed. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I, I have I have no problem with sanity prevailing here. Like like honestly, the harder it is to find the stuff, and the less. You use I, I I've never been a fan of diplomacy by Twitter anyway from this current presidential sure um yeah regime uh I'm not a big fan of that I I I think the politics um it it, it certainly does surface on on these platforms and that's fine but mm-hmm. I I don't believe in diplomacy by it you know what I mean like it literally is like a Mark Marin sketch for me where it's like every day you you turn on Twitter and you go, what the fuck is happening now? Like, what yeah. did he tweet? You know, and I don't even follow him and it's impossible to keep him out of the feeds and whatnot. So it's crazy world, man. Crazy yeah. world. I And you know who predicted, and just a lot of people predicted that the internet and social media would turn into this, but there's, sure. there's, there's one person who really talked about it a lot and this clip has resurfaced over the past few days. This clip is from 1999, and that's David Bowie. David Bowie, yep. mm. if anyone wants to go watch it, it's up on a lot of things right now. Just check it up. Social media, David Bowie, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he really talks about kind of like how social media is going to really, you know, amplify the voice of good and bad. He talks about, you know, one of the quotes is, the internet is now, it carries the flag of being subversive and possibly rebellious, chaotic, nihilistic, you know? Like, well, yeah, I mean... 1999, and the interviewer laughed when he said that. Sure. Well, even before that, though, you can look at, what is it, Uh, Orson Scott Card in Ender's Game. He pretty much effectively predicted... The use of propaganda, like the internet, as a propaganda tool, before even anyone conceived of the internet, right? Yep. Like, sci-fi has been doing it uh, on a great level. I'm pretty sure a guy like David Bowie would read something like yeah. that and be able to extrapolate what he did in '99 from the what unfortunate he's seen in the thing world with then. In, with sci-fi is that oftentimes sci-fi takes a look at what is the worst case scenario of something, mm-hmm. and the fact that we are not only reaching those levels, but going beyond <laughs> it. Hold just my beer. Goes, yeah, <laughs> just goes to show you just how weird society is. Um, you know, and it's just like, yeah, the internet is a very scary place and we can have this debate for hours and days and weeks and months and years. Um, and, you know, what should be allowed, what shouldn't be allowed on the internet. But, you know, there have been wars fought. For much less, there have literally been wars fought to define what the moral compass of humanity, humanity good versus bad is. So how about we, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just put this out there. All right. Like 
here's my thought in, in hearing all this. It's just like, because 2020 is what it is, we're all working from home in some capacity, unless you're an essential worker or you're in one of the jobs where you need to, to physically go to work. But we all have a greater reliance on the internet now. We all have isolation and, and, and lockdown syndromes emerging. Um, I think that that is part of what's amplified all this as well. I just sure. think that, that it plays into the solution and the problem, both at the same time. It, you know, seeing how important the internet is and then seeing the fragility of it giving fertilization to such extreme ideas and whatnot makes you even more sensitive to it. Yep. I don't know. Just for me. Yep. I just find that I'm in a really raw emotional place mm -hmm. a lot more than I ever have been in my life due to the effects of this past year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Sure. Yeah. That's why I turned to beer, the cause of and solution <laughs> to life's problems. All right. So that's that. Um, you know, here's the thing. There's certain things that happen in the week that we can't ignore, and that was one of them. So that was that. Sorry to um, get all real and heavy on everybody, but it needed to be at least talked about. And I, I was a big proponent of at least bringing it up because we've talked about the potential bans on TikTok and, and other politically imposed social media stuff in the past year. So fair being fair. And it's not to out anybody on, you know, any particular political feeling, but I don't think, you know, a lot of the groups that we discussed in that, in that roundup. I don't really care for her anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know those um, that company that was selling the black plates for this PS5? Yeah. yeah. Well, that got canceled, and they've returned all orders, um, all, all uh, money that from people who have ordered it uh, because they were sold out quickly, and people started sending death threats to the company. God damn it. What what the This is why we can't have nice things. People? I mean, weirdly enough, this ties into the first one, right? Because I think these both come from the same poison yeah. seed of how libertarian the early days of the internet were. Yeah. Of it was like no regulations, no rules, nothing. And and now it's like impossible to impose those rules. Well, we could have put stuff in back then much easier. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, but I don't even know. I, I'm not saying I know what they should have been, but God damn it. These both come from this place of like, I should be allowed to do whatever I want. Yeah. Fuck yep. everyone. Yeah. I just think that it's really symptomatic of people. Again, I'll fall back on it. Being in such a weird, emotional, vulnerable spot and overreacting. Like, I just think that it's people just being stupid and not even realizing that they're being that stupid. I think, you know, uh, my guess would be years from now, they they might go and look at something that they maybe said and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I even said that. I'm, I'm hoping sanity prevails somewhere, but it's a freaking product. There's yeah. just no death threats needed uh, over video games, over video game accessories, over anything like that. It, 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 if it's life or death and a loved one on the line or, or whatever, you know... Here's something I, I hate to get to do this, but it, it is on my chest. All right. Five people lost their lives on Wednesday. Guess what? 
like what are we at now? How many how many thousands of people have lost their lives due to COVID? Like get upset about the stuff that's happening. Don't get upset about crap like black PS5 plates. Like jeez. Yep. yep, there's bigger stuff in the world and I know that this stuff is a distraction, but it should be just that a distraction. Anyways, that's that. Um, I I thought that Sony didn't want these black plates out there. They, I thought they, that they said something like these these plates that are they don't want any coverings on the white plates. They don't want uh different materials because there's heat conduction or something. That was always my between the lines yep. reading. I haven't gone heavily into it, but I know that a lot of companies have stopped making skins and things like that after Sony has gone after them and said, "Do not even think about this." Like this is this is and I don't know if it's Sony trying to protect their own backyard or trying to protect the the integrity of the console, which I, I think that that's, you know, what people are thinking is going on or, or what their Sony are claiming. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was the cease and desist yeah, type thing. I pretty didn't much. think it was death threats. Jeez. Yeah. All right. So here's an interesting one that could affect a lot of things, including PS5s, including Xbox Series X, including cell phones and Uh right now this week it will be affecting your fords and that is because a ford plant in kentucky is closing because there is not enough semiconductor chips digging into this a little more there is a global semiconductor shortage right now wow now there's a global shortage of like everything right now yep yep toilet paper uh, plastic, paper yeah. products, oh. metal, yep. tin, oh, yeah. aluminum, steel. Yeah. Like Coca-Cola has had to stop making a lot of their products like Coke, uh, Cherry yep. Coke and things like that because they don't have enough aluminum. They're yep. only concentrating on their main brands like Coke, Diet Coke, and Coke Zero. Yep, exactly. So, for example, going back to cars itself, just because this is the most prevalent one that will hit impact the markets right away volkswagen last um late last month so a couple weeks ago they said that the bottlenecks meant it would produce a hundred thousand fewer cars in the first quarter of the year at sites in wow. europe north america china because it's uh parts makers continental and bosch have struggled to secure supplies from their contractors so we're not we're, we're mm-hmm. talking about like in the hundred of thousands of less product. Yep. But as well, it's a slow time for cars. Right? Like I I've I've seen aside from maybe Tesla. <laughs> it's it's well, companies are, are, are reporting a, a downtrend right now just because well, of the global Tesla is gonna start seeing whatnot. issues with batteries yeah. soon. Yeah. Well, not to mention the fact that like they keep violating lockdown orders. Yeah. But they're going to move to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a weird thing. I, and I know that there's new technology as well with batteries where companies, and I forget, I, I didn't source this, so forgive me if I'm, if I'm speaking out of my ass, but I know that I've seen some of the new up-and-coming companies basically saying that they're going to be able to trounce Tesla on the battery yeah. life. And yeah, I mean a bunch of them. It's gonna have. be an interesting like marketplace when those products get to market. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of I don't know if we want to do a Tesla section. There's a lot going on in that space. Yeah, yeah there is. There is. 
Um, Nissan and Honda also said <laughs> that they will be cutting uh, production all around the world. Yeah, so, th- like, yeah, semiconductors. The fact that it's not reaching, like, I know it's touched a lot of other th- th- stuff, but now it's reaching semiconductors. You know, semi- semiconductors, you need certain materials for. If you don't have the materials, you're not going to get semiconductors. And every electronic that you own is made with a semiconductor. So, yeah, I think over the next few months, we're going to be seeing a lot of changes. I can see prices going up. Um, yeah. yeah, just what this is mean. something that for sure we're going to be following for many reasons. But uh, you're starting Can't to Elon see Elon Musk seats. make semiconductors. <laughs> Can Elon Musk make semiconductors or something? But, like well, look, and then he'll ship it to Thailand and it won't work. And he'll call uh, them out a pedophile as a result, right? Yeah, true enough. Um, I mean, the other side to look at it from this is the fact that this is like, this is just another domino in what we're going to start seeing happen, where it's mm-hmm. you hit this issue where it's like pr- there there are shortages, so production goes down, so people lose jobs, so people have less money to buy things, so there's more, sh- so people don't produce as much, so there's fewer jobs, so there's more shortages. Like this is how very easily we can end up in, like. We haven't even recovered from 2008 fully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hit another depression, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Well, who would have called that, right? Like a global pandemic causing yeah. potential worldwide depression? Like, but guys, yeah. this is the stuff of horror movies from sci fi, like we were talking about. But with the little money that you do have, you can go on DraftKings and you can start betting on drone races. Well, and Marble League. Yeah. Gotta go watch that Gels Marble League, sponsored yep. by Virgin and last week tonight. Oh, my God. I'm just gonna say it. Whoop, whoop, my, min- my Midnight Wisps! <laughs> oh, man. With your, with your, with your, all your spare cash, you can buy lightsabers. I love it. <laughs> I really like that. I just got my new Darth Revan lightsaber, so I'm happy, ladies and gentlemen. Early, yeah, early, early, birthday. early birthday gift. Yep, early birthday yeah. gift for you. All right, guys. So, I think that in terms of news, that wraps stuff up. And like I said, we're also going to talk about the best and the worst of 2020. Hey, all the depressing news is over. Let's have some fun. Yeah. So we're gonna start with the worst because we're gonna try to end on a positive note. So we're gonna take a look back in, into 2020. We have some categories, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, this list for worst <laughs> was so much easier to compile than the best. Oh, yeah. Disagree. Disagree? Oh, I, I Disagree. love, I love your optimism. I love your no, optimism and your no, happiness. No, there was so much bad. I couldn't make the title. That's what I mean. That was the worst. Oh, God. You said it was easy. I'm like, no, it's a hard. How do you how do you say? You know, you're you're right. Oh, turning my own words against me. I love it. Oh. All right, what category are we doing first? There's a lot of crap, man. There's a lot. Of I crap. mean, I I found that in the arts, there was a lot of crap and a lot of very good this year. So, we're going to go yep. through it all. Yep. All right, guys. So, and oh, I left the categories somewhat open for interpretation. 
just because I wanted to have a lot of fun at this, so the worst. All right, we're going to start with worst TV show of 2020, and this doesn't necessarily mean that it came out in 2020. It's something that we talked about, something that we watched, something that you did in 2020. Worst TV show. We're going to start with Tyler. Lower Decks. <laughs> like, obviously, it was Lower Decks. Obviously. Bill, for, God, those people, that was for those people who need a refresher, you can find our 12 Days of Christmas where we take a shit on Lower Decks. Also, also bad, Avenue 5. Terrible show. Don't know oh, how it horrible. got greenlit. Horrible. Horrible show. So bad. Um, my pick, my pick was obviously lower decks, but I have a backup pick to to give us the the spice of life. <laughs> okay, Muppets now. <laughs> oh, I I I I didn't think I didn't think it was worst five level. I thought I was so disappointed. I'm sorry. Oh, I think it, I think that was your expectation. Hand, hand with my expectation that I had built it up with. Yeah. And there was so much excitement in all the little Muppet places that I get internet Muppet stuff from. Mm -hmm. So much excitement. And it was kind of like going into the Phantom Menace. It was like, I'm excited that this is existing, but I don't know how I feel about it with a lot of these enthusiastic Muppet people. And I'm like, I'm just going to call it. I've taken shits that are better than that fucking show. Like, (laughs) I was just really not happy with it. You know what's actually this, hilarious? Like, the lack is... of complete story and everything about it. The, the fact that it was Twitter five-minute segments stitched together loosely into a show bugged me. Yeah. Oh. You know what's so funny? These are... I'm going to go with my third pick because my other two <laughs> were Lower mm-hmm. Decks and Muppets Now. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was Space Force. That was also on my list for worst. Oh my god, was it so bad. I thought that was good. I enjoyed that very much. I did not. Are we talking about the same show? Yeah, Space Force with Steve Carell, right? Like the one on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it because it annoyed Trump. (laughs) (laughs) John Malkovich was in it. Come on. John Malkovich is not known. For necessarily picking good roles. Yeah. Oh, I know. I just well, a talented it. actor. Sometimes he makes decisions. Yeah. Well, I I thought it was fine. I was going through a phase where I'm like, this is kind of funny. I I do want to also have an honorable mention for like the Q1 Q2 shit show of reality television we got. <laughs> Tiger. Whether King. it was too hot to handle, Tiger oh, King, what's that Labor blind, of uh, Love. What's the one? The I, the, bl- the dating blind blind dating. What's that one? Oh, the shit. The one from Netflix, Dating in the Dark. What What the fuck was it? Love is Blind. Something like that. Date Love is Blind, that's the one. Look, there were so many. What there was the also that like... Lava? Hey, to be honest... <laughs> to fuck you, the, the floor of lava was so close to being great. <laughs> so was Love is Blind. No, it was not close. Look... What's your greatest character flaw? The fact that I'm over 30? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I, no. Look, dude, I watched oh, Love is Blind God. after the season aired, and I literally watched that in, like, one day. Oh. I loved every Even, second like, of it. I saw the world going nuts for that Tiger King thing, 
And I was like, I'm not touching this ever. I'm so what? glad to say I've never watched an episode. Same here. I don't plan to. And now Carol Baskin's on Dancing with the Stars. Known murderer Carol Baskin. Yep. Well, Dancing with the Stars has put some interesting people up on there. That's been a questionable show. John Spicer. Hey, don't fuck like, John Sp- Yeah, don't fuck with Dancing with the Stars. Don't fuck with my Dancing no, with the Stars. Just think it's it's Dancing with the Pseudo Stars. I don't know. Like there's no. been some really weird choices in the. It's place. how you attempt to come back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it's all a it is. Kickoff. It's a career relaunch. Show. Ron Perry was Ron Perry on there. Rick yes. Perry. Rick Perry. Rick Perry. Hey. Rick Perry. I got glasses now, so you know I'm smart. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Billy D. Williams was on there. God love him. He tried to make it go with that hip. Oof. The Savannah Pump was in it also. Hey, there are legitimate stars that go on there. It's just I'm like not that. actually shitting on that show. I'm shitting on their willingness to platform yeah. monsters. Yeah. 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 For yep. Sure. Yep. Um, any other honorable mentions for worst TV shows of 2020? No. All right. Fuck so it. here are picks: <laughs> Lower Decks, <laughs> Muppets Now, and Space Force. Oh dear God. Man, 2020 was so long. That's just remember, Space Force came out in the summer. You know, like it was a good this, time. It was a good time. <sighs> crazy i enjoyed it it was so such a long year all right worst book and this can be a comic graphic novel pamphlet whatever tyler whatever the fuck donald trump jr is writing next (laughs) (laughs) there's this entire fucking industry of just sharing lies and i don't get it I don't get it. I don't under, like. I don't understand how any publisher, like, or or how about this? Jordan Peterson's new book. Jordan, clean your room and take self, take personal responsibility. Oh, but I got it because it's benzos and ate a meat only diet, so I'm now dying and have to be put into a medically induced coma in Russia to survive. Peterson, who is like, oh no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't criticize anyone until your own house is in order. Like that fucking piece of shit. Like. I had to mute myself. I had to actually mute that myself. Shit. There's that whole and look, like it's fucked up that I can do a better job defending actual conservative policy points than like any conservative talking head nowadays. And I disagree with all of it. But at least I'm like I know how capitalism in theory works versus this like vague gesturing towards imagined problems. Oh. Like, you know, do you know that Ben Shapiro wrote a book about being on the right side of history after making a career of people claiming they are on the right side of history are stupid? Ben Shapiro said that if your house floods because of global warming and rising sea levels, just sell your house. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. Woo! Oh, I couldn't think of a bad book this year that I read. <laughs> and then Tyler goes and just blows the doors wide open. Okay, anything from right wing media. <laughs> ben Garrison. Ben Garrison as a person is worst books. Oh, if I start reading a bad book, I stop reading it. <laughs> like, 
the worst category for me to check. <laughs> I'm always looking. Oh, yeah, I think Lord. I got rid of everything that was bad. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll put forward Phasma, the book Phasma, which came out obviously in another year, but in this version of Earth, I um I maybe attempted to reread it again, thinking there was a good book in there, and there wasn't. So there, <laughs> very on point of me, Star Wars. There. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that being almost like I, I there's there's the possibility for a good story there, but. Now, I, I, again, I stand on the, I got disappointed because I had expectations going into it. So to me, I look at Phasma and I think there's a really cool story about maybe this um, orphaned girl who grows up in the ranks of the First Order and has a troubled youth mm -hmm. and rises to greatness um, despite everything. I thought that there was going to be some redeeming story or some interesting character background in it. I just couldn't dig that she was some kind of, um, like, a, a backwards tribal out outcast. <laughs> like, just the story that they cobbled together just didn't resonate with me at all. Like, I'm just like, it felt like it was a Conan the Barbarian kind of novel versus a Star Wars novel. Mm. It was weird. Mm -hmm. It just didn't. Didn't really, it, it, it went down a, a wrong genre hole for me. Maybe it hits the spot for other readers, and that's great. But for me, that was not a Star Wars novel that I want to go and try. Yep. All right, for me, because it's me, I'm going to go the comic book route, and I'm going to call out the entire year of Batman. Tom King. <laughs> Wolf. Horrible. Horrible. You have but created. Boris. Yes. But all these new characters to sell variant covers for. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Number one. You, you don't <laughs> like Punchline? You don't like Clown Killer? He has all of the fashion of a 1992 punk. Yeah. Well, what about well, Mirror Mask? The only... <sighs> Like, the Joker was three Jokers. <laughs> oh, Batman. You know, it feels like so long ago, Batman was like the best comic out there with the Capullo Snyder run. And what Tom King has done since he took over at the beginning of Rebirth is just, you know, it was it was a toss up between anything Brian Michael Bendis has touched in D.C., a la Superman, and the entire Batman run. I wasn't sure which I would hate more. But then, you know, like, it was just so bad this this year of Batman. Like, you've, you've created this emo, yes, your parents are dead, but dude, go to a therapist. Like, get, get some help. Like, they've turned him into this, like, sobering shadow of himself. Then you add the fact that he was stood up. By Catwoman. So now he's heartbroken. It's like, fuck. Dude, just move forward. Well, also, like, they couldn't even commit to, like, the wedding. They built that up so much, then they didn't get married, which is, like, maximum and then, comics and, like, their inability to actually have any real change or anything meaningful happen. And then right. they get back together, essentially, a few months later. Well, yeah, they got her. 
because that's com. Honestly, I feel like I'm back in the early '90s with comic books, and this is both DC and Marvel. Hey, I'd, I, I'd fight you on some Marvel some, titles. Some, some, some Marvel, some these. Sorry, let me. Like, there's certain. There's what's good in comics right now is really fucking good. What's bad in comics? Although a lot right of that's image. Really fucking bad. What the good? Yeah. Oh. I'd say 85% of good comes from Image. There's some real good stuff out of Marvel right now, but it's... It's it's less... Donny Cates is solid, but we're seeing what happens in comics all the time of of someone then like, can't... Then no one can say no to the person who's on their way up, right? Yep. yep. You guys saw this week, I found the box, my long box of comics. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I I was very well uh, reintroduced to '90s comics this week. Yeah, they're not good, especially the back covers with yeah, Batman. They're, they're really not good. Bill and Ted's. Yeah, and those were all in the back of Sandman. So those the Sandman's were good. Yeah, Sandman's but were man, good. Boris Cullen. Yeah, he's just like Jesus, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many of those issues floating around. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like the X Force. I've got X Force. Number yeah, oh, God. one. X-Men I've got like six one. sealed. <laughs> Like Jim Lee, yeah. X Men number one, that X Force, like everyone oh, has hilarious. one. Spawn number one, everyone has one. That but, game yeah. and run though is worth so much money. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I have issue twelve, thirteen, and then nineteen all the way to sixty or fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. So twelve's like fifteen bucks. Yeah, 12 and 13 are cheap, but then 19, I don't know what the hell happened. There's an error, depending on if you get the error or not. Ah, uh, gotcha. Same okay. with um, number 18 has an error that's worth like eight times the whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. Hilarious. All yeah. of mine, I don't know which versions I have, but I know that I have first printings because that was the thing that I would go and buy every week because I was underage. So I don't think... I had to, I had to, to work a deal in yeah. order to get but the comic books. So I don't think there were second printings of a lot of those first Sandmans. Probably there not. No. I think that they're all in like graphic novel form. Yeah. Well, that doesn't count. Yeah. That's how we're in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at comic book realm and they're saying only issue 75 got a second print actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped it at 59. I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, it got all weird. I have Children's Crusade, the Books of Magic, Kid Eternity. Like, I, I chased oh. the rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a lot of garbage. Yep. But that's comics, ladies and gentlemen. That's comics. Yep. Well, it's, it's every art form, right? 80% yeah. of any art form is garbage. Yeah, they, they just market and want you to buy and cross. Well, yeah, comics is especially bad for for the use of events to try to get you excited. But oh yeah, because I I like I found all my X Men with the first appearance of Sabretooth and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh my god, I am one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> one of you guys. Well, you know how I I'm kind of feel on the outside of the comic world, but then I'm like, oh yeah, I was one. Yeah. 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 This is the this is the issue. First appearance of Sabretooth. Blah blah blah. I had to buy it off the wall. I remember that. It was 10 bucks at the time. I got to get it. <laughs> yep. All right, we're going to move to worst streaming service of 2020 because everyone has mm. a streaming service. It now needs its own category. Phil, what's your worst streaming service of 2020? Netflix. Netflix? 
Yeah. I found myself not watching a lot of Netflix. Like the stuff I did watch, I liked, but out of all the streaming services that I have, it is the one that bugs me the most in terms of emailing me, updating my phone, and telling me that I've watched 32 seconds of some shit show. Why not finish watching it? And as well, I just find that a lot of the content missed. Some of the content was good. I'm not going to shit on the whole thing. I like the service. It works well. But I just found that almost everything just missed. Like like I say, Tiger King and shit like that. It was just, there was just too much crap on there. Tyler? Queeby. Oof. That's mine. Oof. Yep. How is it not Queeby? Like, that was the worst thing ever. And it's still going. Yep. I didn't Roku even try it. is Roku the it. back catalog. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that had the potential to be, like, a good show. Like, there was this really funny, like, quick LGBT history bit where they'd find LGBT people off the street and they'd ask them about their own history and you could win money. And that was, like, a cute little fun thing. And I was like, ah, that's a clever idea. I'd watch, like, a 20-minute cable whatever for that. There was a couple of movies they just bought and then just made into Queebies for no reason. As an aside, I looked up how much that Iron Fist 14 is, Phil. Yeah. Do you know which cover you have? Iron Fist what? First appearance of Sabretooth. Oh, I meant with, with Wolverine, their first fight. I think it's X Men. Oh, the first fight. Yeah. I thought you had like that geeky. No. I was like, like a four thousand dollar comic. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Queeby's garbage. I didn't like I didn't like the concept of Queebies, so I never really bought into it or even looked at it. I, I know it was a joke, like it was panned pretty quickly yeah. by most of my groups, by most of the people I I would be talking about stuff like that too outside of here. Yeah. But yeah, Queeby was trash. <laughs> Garbage. Yep. All right. Worst video game console of twenty twenty. Phil. Hmm. Oh, I'm going to be very unpopular here. I know what you're going to say. I give it to two. Yeah, I give it to PS5 and Xbox. Xbox X and PS5 because of their shit launches. Yeah. That's the only reason why. I want their stuff. I want to give them my money. But what craptacular launches that they had with their products. It, It got to the point where Angry Man Phil complained to an ad that came up in my Twitter feed from Sony, where Sony's yeah. like, why don't you get your PS5 and play this video game now? And I'm like, screw so it. I can't. Where's my PS5? I, I want to buy one. Do you have one? Because, you know, <laughs> stop running these ads about trying to get me to buy one if you don't have supply. For our listeners out Simple. there. Simple. Phil's been in a great mood the entire episode. As soon as I bring up video game consoles, his face <laughs> just changed. <laughs> oh, it's just frustrating just frustrating yeah, like no, for whatever sure. it, it it happens it's not it's not really their fault uh i know they're trying their best i know it was a challenging challenging thing i think that they could have done better i think that they could have limited and and tried to eradicate this um this scalping situation that that's mm-hmm. gone on i'm glad that that's getting some attention at least because it's wrong what's going on uh, but it's a little bit too little too late. Like, I don't understand why they couldn't have 
qualified pre-orders with an actual address and married you to that address and go one per customer. Yeah. Like it's not a difficult thing that we're asking here in order to get maximum allocation of units until they're ready to be sold. And then you can do that because yep. it made for a shit Christmas for a lot of people made for shitty holidays and it's going to make for a shitty start to 2021 because now I'm debating on whether or not I even buy one for a while. I actually am thinking I'm Fair. out of the marketplace for at least six months Yeah, to see well, what the hell happens. And you're having fun with, with Stadia, right? Stadia. So like, yeah, I just, there you, go. you know, the world is lightsabers and toys. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, any difference with you? Uh, that stupid Atari wood grain box. Yeah, that's no, just that's such a like. That's just such a stupid like. Oh, we're gonna make we're gonna make money off of nostalgia and not really not really offer a product. Yeah, it's like it's, it's raw Linux. Like it, 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 the games are just the basic Linux Linux games. People are complaining where they're like. These yeah. aren't even Atari versions of things. These aren't. Yeah, like I could have, like I'm not. I am a a, a middle of the road tech person. But like I could build that with like yeah. I buy a Raspberry Pi. And it's like it, it, it's just it's such a, I don't know that that encapsulates 2020 to me is is mm -hmm. an unnecessary product poorly made. Marketed out the wazoo and 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 making money off of nostalgia while shit is burning down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yep. Mine is the KFC, Cool Master, whatever the fuck they want to call that thing. Why? 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 Same to Tyler's points. Why would you invest any money in R and D and even for a joke? Why would you do that when people are literally losing their jobs left, right, and center? It's so dumb. Yeah. It's like, so I, dumb. I think they could have gotten as much marketing. Like, because it, it, it's, it's a marketing move, right? And yeah. it's just like, oh, and it's a funny bit. I think they could have, they would have made as much money off their marketing doing any sort of related charity thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, could you, have, yeah, yeah. could you imagine, like, you got to tweet your best mean jokes about politicians to KFC, and if we like it, we're just going to send you, like, a chicken or fucking five-piece meal or whatever. Yeah. There's yeah. so many other things they could have done. So Just for I, being, like, their, their shitty, angsty brand. In, in the KFC next-gen console's defense, it warms chicken. Next category. I'm just saying, it's got no, a video game. Game. built into it. Worst video game of 2020. Tyler, you can go Oof. first. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is where it's hard. Because there's a lot yeah. of garbage here. However, on moral <laughs> grounds, I have settled on Baldur's Gate 3. Because this is a AAA studio with a AAA game that just said, Ah, fuck you, you're going to test it for us. Yeah. I know I see it for sale on Stadia for 80 bucks, and I'm like, do I go for it? Tyler seems to be really excited about this. I am excited about the game, but I am... You can play less than a third of it, and it's not done testing. Like, it's a AAA studio with a AAA property who's just like, oh, yeah, you're just going to do testing for us, and you're going to like it. You piece of shit. 
<laughs> like, I don't. To me, this is actually worse than a company releasing a buggy game by accident. Right. Yeah. Because this is just, oh, yeah, we don't want to spend resources on on professional testers. Right. Like, so I, instead, I, you're going to test it, and you're going to write reports for us, and you're going to do it because you want this brand, and fuck you. I had no idea that this was going on. I just saw it and thought, oh, it's <laughs> like a, it does say that it's a beta release. Yep. So I thought the game is largely done, and, and you're no. just basically buying the final product and getting a beta along the way. But this I, sounds pretty what, bad. That's what it is. And here's the thing, and I know this is like... This is more acceptable when a small studio does it because a lot of time it's from a Kickstarter and that's like, that's the fucking deal. Yeah. Or they're up front and they need this money. And, yeah. and I'm not, like, I'm not saying there should be laws against them doing it. It's just, it's, I think it's morally wrong. I think it's morally wrong to have the amount of money they do. To have an, a super successful game series. Yeah. And just, I, I don't know. I, I, I already don't love, like, your, your fans beta testing your game for free. Yeah. When you're an indie studio. Yeah, you get a little bit different for me when it's like a Factorio, where they're actually helping by figuring out what the game needs, aside from just bug finding. But, you know, when, 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 you're, when your fans have no real input in, into what you do, yeah. you're, just, you're just doing it for the fake community. Yeah. Interesting. I get it. Boris? All right. This one is just, I never got it. Don't want to get it. Don't want its existence. And that's Animal Crossing. But it made it to worst for you. That's surprising. It's horrible. He does not like it. it he just, does it's, not. But its existence bothers me. Okay. <laughs> Got a just, long existence. It's multi-platform. <laughs> it's been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Phil. Weird thing to park your, your <laughs> anger that the, on. That but, is the hill I'm dying on. Fuck yeah, Animal enough. Crossing. All right, Tom Nook is not happy. All right, my my choice for worst video game is The Avengers. What a steaming pile of shit for a lot of the internet. I know the single player uh, no. was possibly okay, but it's not going to get my seventy nine ninety. Oh no! Or whatever the hell. Oh no! When I see that on deep discount sale for five bucks, or it's free for the month, yeah, I will go through and play said yeah. single player. But until then. They can rot on that one because it looked like they fooled the world and tried to sell a steaming pile of shit and tell everybody yep. it's candy. Yep. Yeah. So I'm calling them out. Square Enix, I guess, was the ones who made that. I'm just calling yep. out the whole existence of that show or that game and <clears throat> how they even cheaped out on the idea of properly marketing it to like the the Marvel characters that people are basically experiencing that through, and that would be the on-screen people, like having resemblance to them. But no, they decided to just stick with with their interpretation, and yeah. Oh, I I push back on that one. They actually couldn't. 
Okay. So having done IP work, um, a lot of the times the person involved will have weird oversight. So, for example, I did some I did some work on the one of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer board games, and yeah. you had to get every single actor to sign off on all character art and character mechanics for each of their characters. Wow. So it's an IP it's an IP nightmare. Yeah. And I, versus I, Marvel saying, run with it, do your own thing. It can't be like the people from the movies. I just I just look at it and I go, you know what? It's done in Star Wars all the time. It's done with a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's Disney. There there could have been something that could have happened, but I'm pretty sure they just didn't want to pony up the cash. It, it, it. It's done in Star Wars because a lot of those people signed away their rights. True enough. Right? Uh huh. Yeah. Star Wars. And and or Star Wars is notorious for not paying people who had their rights still. Well, <laughs> so I guess my thing is like, that's... I'd rather following the rules. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other issue that we've talked about. Not to defend the game. I, I actually take the opposite criticism than you, Phil, of I thought they were too milk toast in not doing their own thing. And I thought they should have just been like, nah, we're just going to go whole hog. We're going to have Tony be just literally an alcoholic, just like just running around drunk off, drunk as a skunk flying the suit. To be fair, I, I didn't play it because it looked so bad. It, it just got killed on everything, <clears throat> you know, that, that I was paying attention to. So I didn't yeah. play it. Um, maybe if I played it, I would have a better take on it. But fair. that had stink lines all over it for me. So well, it was not great. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Worst toy slash collectible, whatever, what have you, of 2020. Tyler? I Just the concept of Funko Pops. <laughs> just the concept. I still don't get it. I sell them. I have multiple. <laughs> and I don't get it. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> it is a weird thing. I have multiple, as you can see. <clears throat> that what started out for me was let's collect stormtroopers. Turned into oh well, let's just get the Mandalorian series. <laughs> I mean, I got I have three, and two were gifts. Yeah, yeah. The and the 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 Dungeons and Dragons gelatinous cube is oh, that's actually pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, that is. I got that one for I got that one from some of my customers, which was a very nice gift. Nice, very nice. Bill, well, I got yeah. my I got my new Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. oh no! Finally, um, worst toy for me was Lego Yoda. Oh god, I hated that building that toy. I, That's that. I hated it. Everybody was that the weird one where you had to have like the vertical flat ones for his face? Yeah, it's the one where he's got the lightsaber and he's got the weird eyes that can get all angular and whatnot that people get freaked out about. I oh, I'm thinking of a different one. Oh God, that's terrifying. It um it, it the finished model looks great, but the actual experience of building it made me question my sanity. Seeing brown on brown bricks, huh. and then the tan bricks actually affected my perception of the world for a while and I had to rebuild it like three times because I couldn't contextually lay it out as per it started flipping my brain. It was messing with me. It really 
was an unpleasant build. I, it made me stop building Lego for six months of this year because I told myself that I wasn't allowed to build another set until I finished Yoda. Yep. Okay. And every time I sat down to do Yoda, I wanted to hit things. So it was not a fun, enjoyable build, but the sense of accomplishment when it was done made it worth it. You know what I love? So. I love the fact that just last week on the last episode, you were talking about how therapeutic it is yep. to build Lego. Yep. <laughs> yes. There, when the set, there are sets though that interfere yeah. with the with the flow, with the zest. And that makes of, the experience the that much thing. worse, right? Like because it's not a yeah, therapeutic it, session. Yeah. It was an exercise in futility for me. And it's my own issues. It's not Lego. It's not the instruction people. It's not the designer. I like the finished product. The problem that I had was I did not enjoy the building process, and that's on me. But it made it very much stand out as one of the worst experiences of the year for me. Yep. In a year where I probably would have built happily. Mm -hmm. So, like, afterwards, I went, like, absolutely a hog shit bananas. Um, making Avengers sets and whatnot, the Hall of Armor, and I built, like, th three sets that I've been sitting on for two years and merged them all together, and I built Tony's Garage, basically, with all the suits of armor. I opened up all of my Avengers sets so I could put together all of the suits of Iron Man and whatnot. So I had a lot of fun after. <laughs> it was just getting there. Getting that there. Yoda yeah. was a big hump. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then my choice worst toy mm -hmm. of 2020 is proof why crossover shouldn't happen and that <laughs> is the back to the future transformers <sighs> there was no reason for these to exist they let's needed even... them for money exactly let's not even talk about the selling out before they actually go on sale issues with production oh. not that i would have bought one but for anyone who actually had interest in this couldn't get near one because the second market took over as phil questions yeah. life and hates everyone yeah just like the ps5s right yeah yeah it, but this should not have existed place. the comics from idw should not have existed these fucking toys should not have existed this mashup should not have existed that's my I worst. I didn't even know that existed. So <laughs> it shouldn't have. And it. Oh, there was a comic too. Yep. Oh, god. Yep. Please. Just Where because you lucked out with TMNT Batman doesn't mean that everything will work. Well, even the new TMNT Batman isn't selling as well. Well, yeah, because now it's it's overdone. Yeah. The first one. Yep was actually pretty good. You know what was oh, a yeah, good crossover it... back in the 90s? The Spawn mm. Batman. Meh. 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 All right. And I left this one for last because this one I could not get one answer for. And I'm still looking at my three options. And I'm going to pick one when it's my turn. That is worst movie of 2020. Phil, you go first. Well, Wonder Woman 84. Honestly, I know there's worse, but that, that movie I found 
offensive in 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 the fact that it was teased all year mm-hmm. and then when i see it it was just a pile of crap like like you guys had to correct me so many times with me watching it cuz i just didn't get it it's I not great watch it i had to watch it in two separate viewing sessions because of the length of it that it it was losing me I didn't understand what the hell was subtly going on with the characters because the storytelling was just so bad as we discussed yep. last week. Um, and I had real difficulty uh, with with the tonal changes all the way throughout the movie in the different acts, as we've discussed. Yep. I had all kinds of issues with everything about it was just, painful and i just don't know why she didn't kill pedro pascal spoilers i just don't know like and you guys had to correct me and and give me all the proper stuff about wonder woman which i'd forgotten about and all that stuff but it just felt like a giant waste of film for me and and i just put it against again the anticipation i know there's worse movies yeah, yeah, for I sure. know there are, but it's the but entire experience that we're rating, movie. right? It's not the yeah. what the project itself. It's everything around it. So that's why some of our yeah. choices, like mine being Animal Crossing, you know, might sound a little weird. Yeah. So it's the entire experience, the entire everything. Tyler, well, worst and, movie. and we're giving our, our explanations. Yeah, so, yeah. Tyler, worst movie of 2020. I reached way back to like February. I think it was February for The Hunt. Oh yeah. This was the stupidest movie I've ever seen. So it advertised itself as like, it was like, oh, it was too edgy and racy and out there. And like, it was going to upset people. And that's how you knew it was good. And instead, it was just like a really shitty, lazy criticism of like the far right and the far and the far left. And kind of like also a criticism of like the medium left. But then was like, ah. But conservative realism is where it's at. And it was just lazy and shitty. And in an era now, where especially now where we have like conspiracy theories are literally rocking the foundations of democracy. This movie to be about how stupid do you have to be to buy into conspiracy theories and like people don't actually buy into it if they're at all intelligent was just like. Yeah. That is a very Tyler movie. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's so bad. No, that you would pick it. Like, like I, oh, I wouldn't even give it the time of day, and you you screened it. So I screened yeah. it. I gave it. I gave it a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, because like, look, I I fully believe that the purpose of art and comedy sometimes is to be transgressive and is to push the mm-hmm. the envelope. And sometimes you're gonna offend people. But we have this like this weird world right now where you have a lot of people saying I shouldn't be criticized for having like a misspeaking thing. And then you end up with like this 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 boogeyman of cancel culture when ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time it goes away within two weeks and it doesn't really affect your career. Yeah. And you if if you're a creative, you get to be criticized. That's part of the fucking job. You know, we have we have what's his name? Who's Jimmy Adam Carolla? Who like is now this like free speech warrior because he's a shitty comedian and that's our fault. Yeah. Heard that name in a while. 
Yeah, same. Yeah. Actually, he was on uh, the one of the last episodes of Hell's Kitchen. Anyways. He's on PragerU all the time now. And he was at CancelCon, the we've been canceled convention with no safe spaces. And he told a joke so racist that Prager looked at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it was glorious. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's amazing. He tells a super racist joke at the we should be allowed to be racist convention. And the rest of his panel looks at him like he's insane. Right. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I... Oh, man. My world is so much different than what's going on out there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, my worst movie of 2020 is Tenet. Worst fucking thing. Two and a half hours, I'm not going to get back in my life. Just absolutely repulsive. It, you know, it just, why? 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 In its defense, it it, it was in my consideration. In its defense, I think I might watch it again just to try and piece it together a little bit better in my mind. But you see, I really can't go back to Wonder Woman 84. That's Watch it shit. in reverse. It might be less of a turn. <laughs> I, have, I have two movies that I'm surprised. Like, I'm not saying Tenet was good, but I had like a lot of movies competing for worst this year. Oh, and same. I have two I want to remind us about that I think are worse than Tenet. Okay. So first of all, Mulan. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, was on my yeah. list. That was on my list. How did, like, none of us that. And also, I, it came out late in the year, but Fat Man. Do we not all yeah. remember that Mel Gibson is making a comeback as yeah. Santa as a hitman? And he has never apologized for any of the anti-Semitism. So, like... I didn't know that that was a thing. <laughs> wow. I mean, Mel Gibson, like, again, speaking of no one can get cancelled, Mel Gibson went on an oh. anti-Semitic tirade and yeah. has a career and won an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know he made a movie in this year of... I think he's been in a few, because he was in Bad Dads not too long ago kidding well this is all stuff that would completely fly off my radar yeah yep there's some real turds but Tenet just took it for me it's i felt sure. like my two and a half hours are just robbed for me like before i die i better get two and a half more hours because of fucking Tenet. worst fucking yeah, thing i've seen it's because of the build-up again though yeah right partially. it's all the controversy like we had to talk about every week about Movie theaters and dank and moist and, and all the whole kit and caboodle. And uh, Nolan going on about artistic integrity and, and seeing it on the big screen. And it's like, eh. yeah, I get it. Yeah. You're right. That's that. It's, it's, Those are our worst. At least, anything. you know, Mel Gibson releases a movie. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why it's not on my worst because I'd never give it the time of day. But yeah. Yeah. But enough people are. Yeah. That's scary. It is scary. That's the issue. All right. The good stuff. The good good stuff. stuff. Let's be positive. I like positivity. Yeah. And this is how we're going to end the show with some positivity. And we're going to go and start with best TV show of 2020. Phil. Oh, 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 oh. This is one I had two. I I, I can only choose one. No, you can say them both. All right, first one, Ted Lasso. Oh my God, what a show! For for I know Boris told me to go watch it. 
and there was obvious hooks for me to like it because if if anybody is listening and doesn't know, I have an affinity towards soccer slash football, whatever we want to call it. All right, so this show was right up my alley and Jason Sudeikis, and it made me emotional, which I didn't think it was going to do, and I enjoyed every single episode. So, and yeah, I can't wait to watch it again, just talking about it. And the other one was obviously The Mandalorian. Um, The season two, just the amount of work that we put in as a crew Mm -hmm. um, for that show actually makes it really difficult for me to watch it now and not think of the good times that we shared uh, with our guests, with everything. So that, to me, like, beyond the whole thing of it, Star Wars, beyond the whole thing of getting to see live-action Ahsoka Tano, beyond getting to see Bo-Katan, beyond all of that stuff that is so deep and meaningful to me was just our relationship to the show by what we do here. So, Yeah, I get it. Very good choices, and I'm going to jump in and say that my choice for best TV show was Ted Lasso. In a year that was fucking negative, in a year that was shit, you know, sometimes it's just good and fun to watch something heartfelt, to watch something mm-hmm. positive. Not everything needs to be controversy, not everything needs to needs to be angry. And Ted Lasso, even if you don't like soccer, it's a great show for you to watch. Yes. Honestly, like that is such a good show. Best Apple show, um, Apple TV Plus show. It's so freaking good. Ted Lasso, go and watch it. Tyler. This is where I had trouble again because there was so much good this year. Mm-hmm. There were so many good things. Throw so it, I'm going to say two. Yeah. Say two. Yeah. Uh, so first up is it, it deserves honorable mention because it did not get the love or the marketing it really deserves. And it's on Netflix. It's Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. It's a six wow. episode like 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 sketch comedy type show with a weird framing device. But I have never laughed harder than at that show. That's impressive. Like I, I, I what we one evening we were watching it and we had to stop it because we were in pain from laughing too much. Wow. It yeah, is. That's a good time. It's bananas good, and it's so fucking weird. What's it called like, again? Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Okay. And it's three either either Australian or or New Zealand comedians, okay. and it was like shot this year, so it's also got like this like weird other level oh, to goodness. it. And it has like a super limited cast. There's a couple of guest stars, and it is almost impossible to predict what's going to happen next. Wow. Because it is so fucking weird. Um, but probably my favorite of the year is The Great. It was on Amazon. And the pitch was that it was a creative retelling of the rise of Catherine the Great. It is not at all like history, which I actually know a lot about that section of history. But it's still a really good show and a really good time. Uh, people do amazing like takes on it. It's genuinely quite good, and it's worth watching. And it got signed on for a second season, which I guess is now they're going to do her running Russia. Because, spoiler alert, Catherine the Great takes over (laughs) Russia. No. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Good In that time, I just queued up. I'm just downloading. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Episode one on my Netflix, yeah. Of which? Of Auntie Donna's. It's funny. 
Like, it's also super fucking weird. Yeah, I, I can tell just by looking at the card. So Yeah. <laughs> but the minute you started mentioning the Australian or, or New Zealand uh, comedic actors, I'm like, you know what? That dry wit, it always hits me well. So. Yeah, yeah there's the some... Concords is so fucking great. The, it's, it's the episode, it's the first episode. And it's what sold me on it. And if you don't like this bit, and it's very early on, if you don't like it, leave the show right now. But there's a bit called Everything's a Drum. And if you don't, if you, if you don't like that bit, this show has nothing for you. Okay. But if you do like that bit, you're golden. <laughs> I think just by the title, I'm going to like this. Yeah. Everything's a Drum. I can only oh, imagine. Only imagine oh where that gosh. goes. All right, so that's our best TV shows of 2020. We're going to jump into best movies of 2020. Tyler, Mm-mm-mm. it's your turn. Best movies. Let me pull up the notepad file because I looked left. Oh boy, God, this was so hard. Yeah, this was so awesome. hard as well. Yep. Um, I'm going to have to go with Palm Springs. Uh, also <laughs> on Amazon. Uh, it's so good. So Andy good. Samberg does an amazing job playing a much drier character than he usually does. Yeah. Um, J.K. Simmons is absolutely delightful in it. He is the fucking I best in that movie. I can't remember. I can't remember the lady lead, but she's also just amazing. Yeah, the mom from and How I Met Your Mother. Is that who it is? Yep. Oh, I mean, I didn't finish that show, so. Um, it's such a good. It, it was also a really good movie on that point. Now I'm thinking about it for movies ending without telling you what happens next. Yes. Okay, what's this called again? Palm Springs? Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Okay, it's on Amazon. Andy Sandberg, Kristen Milioti, um, Camilla Mendes from Riverdale. Oh, yeah, she's on there. Yep. Uh, the right, new I'm Superman. Check this out. Tyler Hochin's in it. And J.K. Simmons. Cool. J.K. Simmons is so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, this was, so I'm going to jump in. Palm Springs was on my list. Um, yeah, because it was just so fucking good. And the other one was Onward. Really? I really liked Onward. Really, it was, really. It was good. really liked Onward. It was... Didn't the, make... It was... Uh, when I watched it, I was just... Uh, it was very positive atmosphere mm-hmm. that I created. Fair. Oh, yeah. Onward. Mm. Phil? Um... Yeah, it's a tough category uh, because I actually found that there wasn't a lot of great stuff, but I did have a couple. Sometimes a good movie is something that makes you emotional. Yeah. As as Boris was talking about. Um, the Fault in Our Stars was really, uh, that was on Disney+. Plus. That one really made me um, have to ring out a couple boxes of... Uh, of Kleenex for tears. <laughs> I'm just going to be clear on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just a really touching, uh, tough movie. But I think there's value. But really, I think <clears throat> in the spirit of fun, I will choose my favorite movie was Soul. Soul nice. was super cute. Yeah, yeah, that was. Over Wonder Woman. And <clears throat> my backup pick on this one was Borat subsequent movie. Mm. Yeah. Just because it was fucking dumb and it never, ever missold itself. So I found it funny because I immediately went back to 
when Borat was Borat, and I I was walking around the house annoying Borat Phil for like two <laughs> weeks, just like you think you would be. And yeah, I just loved the whole Giuliani thing. Just made Fair. me laugh. <laughs> so I just thought it was very 2020. Like, shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my, no, my I, pick would be Soul. I had fun with Soul. Oh, it was a great, great movie, especially. And what made it that much better was the fact that you watched it after Wonder Woman 84. Like, yeah. God. Expectations were just so low. And then watching that was like, oh, movie's And that's be the good. key to this category for me because if I'm going to choose Wonder Woman 84, I figure I have to counterbalance it with Soul because. What would have been an absolute travesty of a week, movie-wise for me, was salvaged by this movie that I had an inkling was going to be good when I saw the trailers on the Disney um, review day for for investors. I had an inkling like, oh, I think I might like this. But then when I actually watched it, and I'm like, holy shit, there's way more to this than I would have thought Pixar would do. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's not as kitty as I thought it would be. And I enjoyed it. I really had a good time. Felt good. Maybe even wept a little. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so that is that. That's our choices for best movies of 2020. Now we're going to get into best book, graphic novel, comic, pamphlet, internet blurb, pamphlet. whatever it is that you've read in 2020. Bill. Um, with this category, I chose something that actually came out in 2020 because I figured that was a good adherence point instead of anything that I read, but whatever, everybody can do their own thing. And I didn't go with a traditional novel. I have chosen a comic book of which I do not read a lot, but I really enjoyed uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So yeah. That, that, that was, um, it, it, all things considering that the show got canceled by Netflix, evil Netflix, um, it was a nice way to go back into that world and get some introspective into more of the mechanics of Thrall. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I liked the different artwork. I liked the stories. I'm probably going to be buying the books as the uh, graphic novels to put on my shelf. So I had a lot of fun with it. I recommend people, if you like The Dark Crystal, go check it out. Yep. Tyler. Tyler. The City the We Became... By N.K. Jemison. Uh, she's an incredibly talented author, and she has the capacity to make very, very banal-seeming scenes incredibly emotionally charged in a good way. Mm. And The City We Became is... very hard to talk about without spoiling things, but it is incredibly surreal... And a little bit intellectual while also being really kick-ass. Um, Jemison has done a lot of comic book and stuff work now, and you can start to see that easing into how she handles uh, uh, action scenes, like in a really good way. Um, so yeah, it is, I think, definitely worth reading. Is this a comic or a novel? This is a novel, and it is... It is a, it is a novel that even I had to take breaks from it, because it does some like some really real shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So did you read it? Okay. Me? No. Yeah. Oh, you said yeah, yeah, like you had. No, <laughs> I'm moving, moving forward, moving forward. Sorry. Cool beans. Um, for me, it was a comic book, obviously, 
It's what I read the most. <laughs> I read some pretty good books, but um, my book reading was very random. It's more political nowadays. Uh, I read this book about abortions. <laughs> that was awesome. So to not get into that rabbit hole, I'm going to go with <laughs> a comic book from Image Comics, and it's Ice Cream Man. <laughs> I really, really, really liked Ice Cream Man. So, yeah, it was just, I liked it. It was just, the art isn't really my style, but I just really liked the writing. Um, and it was just an easy read for me. So, Ice Cream Man from Image Comics was my kind of favorite thing to read. Um, you know, the other thing, kind of, and I was going back and forth with this, and that's Undiscovered Country. It did start in late 2019, went into 2020. Undiscovered Country, Charles Sewell, Scott Snyder. I really liked it a lot. I need to pick up the graphic novel for that one because I started reading it and then we had no shelf copies at work. Yeah. And I didn't like it enough to commit to the pull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a lot of other Scott Snyder stuff, you either really like it or it's like, eh, not good enough for the pull. Right. You know, like, yes. Yeah. He. And that's why I like Scott Snyder a lot, because he can write so many different genres. So with some comic book writers, regardless of what it is, I will pick their stuff up. Not with Scott Snyder. With Scott Snyder, no. I have to actually see, um, because like his style changes from project to project. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite book, whatever, pamphlet, comic, graphic novel. We're going to move into toys. Best Toy wow. of 2020. I'm going to go first this time for once. And that is the NECA reissues of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Wave 1, which included Splinter and your turtles. Because this is not only really cool looking toys, but it's nostalgia hitting me really hard. Because when I was younger, there were two things I used to collect. Wrestling toys and Teenage Mutant Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. and Playmates ones, right? And yeah. these are essentially reissues of some of those. And it was so, like, yeah, TMNT. I just love TMNT. I have I have somewhere in, I have this little area in my house where I keep all my old toys. And it's blocked right now, so I can't get in there. And somewhere in there is my Raf, Raphael Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Playmate first yeah. run. There you go. I bought that one because I had the red bandana. And yeah. I could not allow myself to acknowledge that other turtles have non-red non-red yeah <laughs> yep. yeah i know that's, that's eastman and lard phil speaking yeah <laughs> or eastman yep. and laird exactly so yeah so for me it's the neca tmnt i've seen those things they look really good they yeah look the wave really two it's coming out in march and again just looks so good it's so, just too bad the toy market's such a clusterfuck. Oh, fucking is right now. Because like, it's all speculators, right? It's speculators yeah. and people who want to turn them around. No one's actually collecting this stuff anymore. Yeah, agreed. No, my my top uh, would be Lego Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I like this one is because it's it's a Muppet Sesame Street like Lego thing. But the fact that Lego finally decided that they were going to avoid the regular minifigure pulls and make custom ones for this set. Um, Literally the breaking their mold. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. because because they they said that they weren't going to do this kind of stuff for ideas, and now that they've done it, the world is our oyster for a lot of sets moving forward. Where we do you think they're start. going to do more custom ones? It's not really doing custom. It's just. Yeah, it is doing well, a custom for a set. For me, okay, like, say, it, it, do you think they're going to bef- do non-regular figures now? Oh, no, these are all regular minifigs. These are still, by definition, regular Lego minifigs. They still have regular legs. They still have medium to large legs. The Lego minifig, there's a whole culture around it. It's just that they, they just did custom sculpts on the heads. Right. Which, that that's... A, deviation but it's not like jar jar banks was the first deviation yeah back in the 90s or the uh, early 2000s so they lego's been doing it it's just the fact that they're doing it on an idea set mm-hmm. is what's the yeah. key here because idea sets are imagined by fans and get voted on now lego has to approve them so in this case it's opening the door for things like legend of zelda and things like that because now we're not confined to the existing Lego catalog, uh, catalog of parts. Yeah. We could start to suggest certain hats get made mm-hmm. or certain custom accessories for minifigs get made. And Lego are opening that Pandora's box of, eh, maybe if we feel that we can make the money off of this set, we could, mm. we'll do it. Yeah. It's also hilarious to me with this set that it's an 18 plus and it does actually have advanced building technique in it. So, yeah. It's yeah. um. It certainly, it doesn't necessitate that you have to be eighteen or older to to actually build it, but it will be a little more on that creator level of of difficulty. Yeah. So so yeah. I don't want to delve too much into this, but for our listeners, Phil, can you explain what Lego Ideas is? How you can vote? How they're um, concepted and what that process is like. If you can just quickly tell our listeners about that. Oh yeah, it, it's just basically people come up with ideas on sets. They submit them to Lego. They have windows that are open certain times a year. Then people vote on them. I think the minimum eligibility is something like ten thousand votes for them to put it into contention. But Lego reserve the right to choose, and they can disqualify sets if they don't feel that they can get the IP mm-hmm. uh, to produce it. Um, obviously a lot of stuff is open now with Nintendo and Disney securely in the fold. Um, so these sets get made and the person who makes the set gets 1% of the revenue generated from the set. Oh, nice. As an aside. And usually when you open up the book, there's a little profile on the person who made it. I think the first one was like the uh, space station or something years and years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is how stuff like the friend set, the Seinfeld set get made. I had that come space from Lego station ideas. actually. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So this is it's a really interesting area for Lego to reward their fans. Yeah, it it it's just a a good little product line. It's exciting. It's a way to get the products out there that maybe Lego just aren't really considering properly. Yeah. So right now, if you go to ideas.lego.com, they are taking the idea intake. You can submit something from December 28th to February 8th, and the theme is we love sports. Cool. Yeah. I, I've never really participated in all this. I've just been a bystander when they go, hey. And, and Lego did something last year, too, where they took a vote on what kind of UCS Star Wars set 
we want to do. So Ooh. this year, dropping at some point will be a Lego gun uh, gunship from the pre from the um, prequels. Oh, nice! And that will be the UCS set. We just don't know when it's going to drop. If it's going to be the May Fourth set, or if it's going to be later in the year. Yeah, we know that there's three UCS sets coming out. The rumor is this year that there's going to be a, the biggest Lego set ever, eleven thousand pieces <gasps> of Death Star Two. Ah. I saw so that you rumor. can bet that's yeah. going to be about a thousand bucks. Yeah, Canadian. So yeah, would you get something like that? Nope. Yeah, exactly. It's too much money. It's yeah. Too much money. Like honestly, at a UCS, my 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 personal budget would be it'd have to be sub four hundred dollars. Yeah. And yep. I'd really have to want it. Like, it's, if it's going to be two hundred fifty bucks, I can debate if I want it. <laughs> Your mic is all flimsy. <laughs> Mine? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still adjusting it to the new location. Love it. I, all right. I, I, I commissioned a guy to do a new desk to do the whole thing. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. What's um, your pick for toys, Tyler? Best. Uh, the AnyCubic uh, Mega S 3D printer. <laughs> Got it. Got it in January 2020. Love it. Best gift. Yeah. Best toy. Sits yep. in the corner. Yep. That's what I was staring at earlier. I'm like, is that? Oh, it is. That's my that's mega all, cubic S. That's why I was S. looking all, like, awkwardly. you made yeah. on it? Hmm? Anything cool? What have you made on it? Uh, I made a bunch of stuff around the house. Like, a bunch of, like, replacement parts and stuff. Because I'm mm-hmm. that kind of geek. Um, I've printed some different, uh, like, pen and paper RPG stuff. I'm working on printing, a like, a, a great big boat for when I can run D&D in person again. Um, but because like the the size and the fact that mine's an extruder rather than a resin, it maxes out your 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 like your 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 fine detail maxes out earlier. It can't do as fine detail. Mm. Um, so the boat is like in pieces. So I'm gonna right. print out all the pieces, make sure they all assemble, and then it, it'll be it'll end up being like a four parter. So it'll be like the 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 bottom deck the middle deck the top deck and then the forecastle and aft castle and then the um mast that's awesome and then yeah during gameplay you can like move them so actually like you can go so people can go down the different decks as you're doing stuff yeah i'm just surprised you're not making funko pops uh i did print a stand for my funko pops that wouldn't stand up properly because nice. it was, it had no stand, and it was just like they're all head and they're no yeah. body, so it's like, yeah. Meh. yeah, I, I, I bought pickle Rick. Oh I yeah, it, but there's a little stand in it, apparently. Yeah, some of them I don't come. I'm gonna have to get that just for Boris's look. <laughs> I, sometimes I forget. Now that I know Tyler is bothered by them, and it's Rick and Morty, so so Boris is gonna be bothered. You by know what's them. funny? It's sometimes I forget that my camera is turned on. <laughs> oh no! So that reaction right there was one hundred percent me. Uh, but that's that's yeah, that's one I love right there, Kevin Smith. Yeah. All right, best streaming service of twenty twenty. Tyler. Um. Uh, oh shit! This is a tough one. I think I'm going to go with Netflix because they had a lot of good shows out this year. 
Wow, I picked them as my worst, and you went I love best. It. That's so cool. Well, they had a lot of Tyler shows this year, right? Like, they had yeah. Lock and Key. They had October Faction. They have a bunch of halfway decent cooking shows now. Like, it's look, it, yeah. Netflix is very yeah. much like I'm in their target demo. Yeah, yeah. the, the cooking shows are good. Yeah, you're right. They have a Leftovers one that is like just came out, and it is not meant to be watched sober. Yeah, that taco show that I, I really like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love their more artsy. artsy Both album. are great. Both are great. The ones that they do where they're like going around the world and, and following mm-hmm. like a chef's history and all the little places that he learned is his craft or her craft and then getting to, to establish the restaurants. I find yeah. that stuff fascinating. Salt, they fat, know. acid, heat by oh, that's one of my favorites. is oh, my phenomenal. Yeah, I've watched it again, and I have her book just right there. Nice. Yeah, no, she's she is amazing. Yep. Um, hands down, she changed the way I look at food. Yeah, she. Um, I saw. Yeah, we actually learned about food. Uh, uh, we watched a lot of binging and Thabish in this house. Great mm-hmm. YouTube series about making food. Yeah. Um, but he is very good at presenting, but he's not as good at teaching. Yeah. Versus, Samin is so good at teaching how to do things. Like it, it is bananas how good she is at like conveying such an ephemeral idea. So you like you like you like Babish, right? Yeah. So I got his book. Here's here's the thing. We invited him to our did wedding. You, did you know hmm. that that he they they suspect that he was uh, involved in the Mandalorian season two? No. Remember when we were going through that episode what? where uh, Cara Dune was looking up all of the um, yeah the profiles of the criminals? Oh, he was in there because him and Favreau were kind of buddies, eh? Because of him and Favreau, because he yeah. did the macaroons, right? Like yeah. Right after, um, well, and he did because um, there's yeah. an alien guy with a really long beard. Oh, nice. And they think it's him. Like, yeah, he never got right. any credits or anything like that. Oh, but, amazing. But all of the speculation is, I was going to throw that into our review show. Oh, nice. You wouldn't, you wouldn't key off of it. So no, I would key I off that. <laughs> but no, I didn't Babish know that you it. Because I follow Babish as well, right? So, yeah. like, I do all that stuff on my own. That's yeah, fun. yeah. We got, we got his second book, First Printing. Um, yeah, he's great, oh but he, he is not great at teaching some of the concepts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but he's fun. I like him. Uh, he's great. We love him. Like, he is what I put on when I'm cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. You just changed my um my streaming service choice. <laughs> yeah? It's YouTube now? Yeah, it is. It, I didn't I, think of it. YouTube's up there. I, YouTube has, to be honest, this year, my life has changed for the better mm-hmm. because of YouTube. I put more hours into that platform streaming content mm-hmm than I do anything else. And it That's, drives yeah. me crazy. I didn't realize how big of an impact it was until I started thinking about it in context to all this because my original choice was going to be Disney Plus mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But I, if, if I don't have a reason to go to a streaming service, I can put YouTube on and be entertained for a fucking long time. 100%. Like, honestly, uh, from video game reviews mm-hmm. to um, there's someone local here, uh, uh, Lou from Lou Later, Mm-hmm. He runs the Unbox uh, Therapy channel. Oh, yeah. I, I can watch hours of him. Hours yeah. of him and Willie do. And it's There's... to the point now where I'm in the cult of, of Lou because I like, have a phone case made by him. I have a hat. I have a bag made by Lou. Um, he just bought a new Porsche. I can't wait to see that driving around my neighborhood. 
Nice. Because I'm like, yeah, and it's all thanks to YouTube. Like, honestly, yeah, game changer, Lego, everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. Boris, well, how about you? YouTube. YouTube was my choice yeah. from the get-go. Um, the amount of things that I've learned off of YouTube, the amount of things that if, if I need info, quick info on simple things, YouTube is a great resource. I'm not going to get my political ethics from YouTube, but I no. might go watch a video of someone of someone whose book I read. You know, mm -hmm. I might watch something, yep. a TED Talk or something. But overall, for my day-to-day -day life, I use YouTube a lot. Um, yeah, what? Yeah, legal eagle. Yeah. Um, uh, the the chicken wing show. First we feast. Yeah, hot ones. Hot like, ones. Geez, man. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Who is kills me? Idris Elba eating spicy things is the yeah. funniest ever. Yeah. I'm telling you, like I get so much joy out of YouTube for the past couple of years, and I didn't realize how big of a presence it is until I bought a premium membership. Oh yeah. And yeah, because no ads, right? And my dad, because I've integrated Google throughout my house mm -hmm. and my dad is comfortable talking to it. But for music reasons, I have him streaming off of YouTube music and I didn't want ads in there. I didn't want to frustrate him. So I paid the 10 bucks. That's fair. Yeah. And just so he has a good experience. But the byproduct was fantastic for me because I'm like, yeah. nice. Screw ads. Yeah. Nice. Win, 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 win. Win, win, win. Yeah, I even or, go, I even go above and beyond, and I subscribe like to a Patreon through YouTube for a chance. Yep. Nice. Who? Very nice. For Lou. Nice. I give him five bucks a month. I'm like, nice. Yeah, make me more content, please. Yeah. So that's streaming services. Um, YouTube it's changed the world a lot more than we think. Yeah. Um, video game console. Bill. <laughs> The console that is not there, Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I bought the cloud. <laughs> Love it. You guys put me on this lark of a cyberpunk on Stadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I it was feels like on. I have found the chosen way. <laughs> I don't know. And then by kismet, all right, because I have a YouTube subscription. Mm -hmm. They sent me a thing when I logged into YouTube one day. This is hilarious how this story relates to the last. They sent me this email that said, you can get a free Stadia controller and 4K Chromecast just for being a customer. And I'm like, all right, thanks. I buy it. And it gets here. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty nice looking. You know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, wouldn't you know, that night before launch, I bought it on Stadia a couple days before launch. Nice. Cyberpunk 2077, and I got another free controller and 4K mm -hmm. Chromecast from the nice people at Google. But it really is the best platform for me. Again, internet. Yeah, it sounds like it. Not being an issue, and I really hate, like last night I downloaded Injustice 2 mm -hmm. off of Xbox Game Pass because I wanted to play, you know, kick Superman's ass. Yep. And, um, and I was really disappointed to have to watch uh, 33 gigabytes of shit come in. Oh, so, gosh. No. Yeah. I paid 30 bucks. Bloop. Mm -hmm. Guess what I get? Bloop. Yep. The game. Right away. Click on it. Play it. Have yep. fun. Don't like it. Whatever. Don't care. There you go. No, honestly. You know, and Phil, you and I have talked offline. Uh, the three of us talked offline, and we're going to do an in-depth look into Stadia. Um, I have some contacts uh, they're just making sure that they can come on the show. 
Um, and we're gonna really go. We're gonna we're gonna become the Stadia podcast of choice. It's well, they should send they should send me a free one for uh, being able to talk on it. Then you can, <laughs> can do it for free. You can f- do it for free anyway. There's I want like no a free to play. 4K, whatever. Oh, okay. I, I I'm saying they send me the whole thing. I have to pay twelve dollars a month for that. No, I'll pay the monthly. Just send me the whole package. It's all the setup stuff. Oh, nice. All right, listen, Stadia. Sponsor the podcast. Listen, Google. We will give up manscaping. We'll throw in an audible if you give us some free Stadia shit. Yeah. Yeah, It was tons of ads. (laughs) All the ads. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just become a Google ad thing now. Yep. No, it, it it's great, guys. Like honestly, it's very similar to um, Xbox Game Pass in that mm-hmm. each month you get or Xbox Gold, I guess, or or even PlayStation, the subscription service. Yeah, because each month you get free games. You get a AAA title, and you get three indie games. And I think the indie games are specifically made for Stadia as well. Very good. So good for them, and they're fun. They're fun. Like I gotta say, like is, I'm not a huge indie game guy. But a few of them have fired up, and I had a good time. Nice. Yeah. Any game's always surprising. Uh, Tyler. It's the PS5. Mm-hmm. It's gotten me... Like, I had pretty heavily transitioned into being, like, a PC gamer. But I, that fucking thing has me back in the living room most evenings. And, yeah, I, I grab an old PS4 games and throw them in because it makes them look so good. Yep. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. But on the flip side with my Stadia, <laughs> I can fire it up on, on my. No, but yep. I'm just going to tell you this. Like, this is. I'm really trying to sell the audience on this mm-hmm. concept because what you can do is you can play yep. it on any computer that has Chrome. Yeah. So, so my. I have a Chromebook, and then yep. I'm gaming with a mouse and a keyboard. So yep. I'm my... back on the PC without having an overhead. And my big concern. And it 100% like this is a, 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 not a concern that everyone faces for Stadia, but I tried to stream uh, some games through PS Now or PS Plus, whatever it is, yeah. and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I don't have shitty internet, so I don't know what the issue is there, and I'm concerned about having the same thing for Stadia. It's got to be something on PlayStation, because I've done host play, where my yeah. friend's playing, and then he gives me control of his game over the internet, and it mm-hmm. worked great, man. Holy shit. I, I, did, I did half a Jedi now. Fallen Order. But yeah, I, you know, there's, there's ones that you can't download. You have to stream through them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can't... I, nothing will last longer than half an hour before I lose connection. I've never oh, just, had that just, issue. Which is, I, I think it's... Download sorry, Stadia on your phone and then give it a try and, and yeah. see. Because all you have to do is pair a controller with it, which you can do with the PS5. I mean, I got a controller for my PC. I might set it up and try it here. Yeah, I'm curious to know if you have a lag issue. We're going to start a new yeah. show. The Stadia show. PC Stadia. Stadia. How do you use Stadia? Yeah. The cult of Stadia. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> the cult of Stadia. All right. We're, we we got to get that before one of our listeners can listen and get it from us. <laughs> exactly. All right. My favorite video What's game your console. Pick? It's going to be PS4 for the simple fact that I spent so many hours on the PS4 in 2020. It was unfucking real A lot of my favorite games <laughs> of 2020 came out for that system. Um, and we're going to get to that in just a second. That's yeah, next. PS4 
is my choice just because of the sheer amount of fucking time I spent on it in 2020. And just remember, I was actually home this year, so I was actually able to play video games and a lot of them for once, um, and not just my Switch because of its portability. Um, but yeah, I was able to actually enjoy a lot of games this year, which is a big change for me. So my choice goes to PlayStation 4. And this leads us into the very last category of the day, the last category of the podcast. And I know that it's a bit longer of a show, but we wanted to get all of this in. That is, It was a shitty week, so treat yeah. yourself to a longer show. Best video game of 2020. Phil. Mm. I have one that's going to piss you off. Boris. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, boy! Animal Crossing! Ah. <laughs> I was shocked to shit. You're off the I show. I was shocked to <laughs> shit that I chose this one. But the reasons for me choosing it were it hit exactly when lockdown started. March the 20th of the year 2020, Animal Crossing graced my life. I even tried to buy it on the wrong day, but no, I pre-ordered it. I had it in my Switch, and I have played it every day for over, uh, coming up on a year. That's the date, March 20th. I'm going to keep on playing it every day until March 20th, 2021, and then I'm never going to play it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> Literally just doing the year. I love it. Yeah, well, I've experienced all the seasons. I'm, I'm surprised. It's a happy game. And it's a grindy game, as we've discussed. But it shocked me that um, it made me happy on days where I didn't want to be happy. And I had a really challenging year. This year, I was stuck at home a lot due to a medical issue. And that game, when it was rainy in my head, gave me a ray of sunshine. Aww. Gave me things to look forward to each day. Gave yeah. me events to participate in the world. And it could literally lift my spirits. So for that reason alone, even though it's a stupid game and it's extremely trite, it was fun to play. And it yeah, is fun. I get it. I don't accept it, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, favorite game of 2020? Oh, God. See, this is where it gets really, really bananas hard because I have like a freaking list. Mm -hmm. Let's talk. Um, Give us one choice. Can I talk? I'm going to start with the one that I think both deserves it and needs it. And is relative to the indie game called Suzerain. Um, You basically play the president of a alternate universe Eastern Europe country in the middle of basically like the Cold War. Um, So it's all fictionalized. It's all fictional countries, but it's very obviously that you have like a capitalist superpower, a communist superpower, you and your neighbors are all small powers, and you're the president. And it's like this cross between a strategy game and like a visual novel. And it genuinely handles like the tensions of running a country really well. Compared to like Tropico, where it's like, it's so far removed. Or a lot of games will talk about how like this hypothetical level of like assuming that you don't need to eat or sleep or have a family or anything how do you run this country and this is like no you have friends 
who if you do things, you're going to be like, what the fuck, man? I thought you were going to give money to my business. And you have to be like, no, policy was, it was the wrong decision. I don't want to be corrupt. And they're like, well, I'm not going to help you then. So, yeah, it's, it's good. What was that game called again? Suzerain. Right. All right, what else is on your list? What else is on my list? Fucking uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, Look, there's been a lot of games like it that are the collectathon running around open world. But it is one of the best at doing it. Yep. That game has legs. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good game. Super good. Super fun. Really liked it. That was also on my list. But there's one game that surpassed everything I played in 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's not, I didn't even play it on my favorite console, but yeah. that's Miles Morales. Next on the list. Great game. Amazing. I made, game. My, I made my list too. Such Superb writing. Game. Oh, just, yep. just phenomenal writing. I just love the fact that even the swinging is ch- different from Peter Parker's mm-hmm. because he's just learning, right? Like you, it's, the game is so well done. It feels like you're watching and you're immersed in a movie. Such a good game. Um, so yeah, Miles Morales is my top pick. Other picks would go Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us 2. Like you know, mm-hmm. there was some really really good games in 2020. Um, and yeah, it was just uh, 2020 was just filled with a lot. Um, you know, you even had Final Fantasy VII remake. You had just so yeah. much to choose from. Overall, in 2020, and, and it was I almost chose on my list. I had Phoenix Immortal Rising as well. That's yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And to be honest, I'll put Jedi Fallen Order in there because I've finished it now. I'm almost finished it on Stadia. Mm-hmm. It would be the third, fourth time I finished it in the past few months, yeah, and I, I don't get tired of that game. I really don't get tired of swinging a lightsaber. Doom Eternal was early this year. Yeah, that's yep. a great game too. That's it, that game is just fun to play. Yeah, the soundtrack is bananas. That too. Like it, it just puts you in the let's kill mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I started playing it on Stadia and I I bought it and I thought I was playing the first one. And I'm like, oh man, this this soundtrack is just off the hook. Like I mean, right from the get go, and I'm like, oh man, this is the new one. <laughs> yeah, the first one in that new run is solid. Yeah. yeah. But Doom Eternal is one of the tightest games I've ever played in terms of just like smooth mechanics. Apparently, yeah. they had a really easy time porting it over to Stadia because they almost develop on the exact same hardware. Nice. So it was a quick port. I love this it. This is funny how they come out of nowhere with some of the stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. No, but, yeah, it was such a good game or good year for video games. It's a great year for games, man. Mm-hmm. Like Last of Us Two would probably be top of my list if I was able to finish it. If it didn't freak me out. Yeah. 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 Just for sound design, jeez. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, because of Shima, it's like one of the few games yeah. that you would rather not play in English. Yeah. Oh, I never, you can't. That game's got to play I in never, Japanese. I never have. I, I I don't even know what the English voices sound like. Uh, same here. What? 
What? <laughs> hmm? Oh, I feel like I total putt. So played You've only English. played it in English? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds... Oh, I, I was, I was going to put it in the Kurosawa mode. Yeah, that's what I plan to do next. I don't have the physical copy of the game, but that's how I plan to play it on PS5 when I get around to it. Yeah. That's cool. I'll have to try it in Japanese. Yeah. You know, I'm going to you know, I'm going to play on Stadia first. Immortals Phoenix Rising demo. Nice. Oh, sweet. They have a demo for it? Yeah, there's a free demo on Stadia. Oh, nice. I didn't even know they did that. That's great. It's the only demo I'm seeing. Yeah, the, the 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 downfall on Stadia is there's no search, which is hilarious for Google. Yeah, I'm in this now. <laughs> it's not easy to navigate. This is there's bad no to navigate. There's no search. You're trying to find games is a freaking impossible in that thing. Yeah. You have to go by alphabetical or price point. <laughs> Brutal. I don't know how Google doesn't put a search in their own freaking game engine. Yeah, this is not fun to navigate. (laughs) (laughs) I love how this is the first time that this has come up on this show. I, I, because I was only lightly going into Stadia and like I really went into it in the past like month and I'm like, where the hell is the search? And that's all we complain about online in the community. I actually can't. I can't find the search. <laughs> There's no search. Are you serious? That's, that's what I'm saying. Google. Oh, there was one and it was bad. Searching. There literally isn't. No search. They invented search engines, so there's no search. God. So they perfected search engines. 2020. Why? <laughs> all right. Also, like, all these games this year. Crusader Kings 3. Yes. That the mm. best game that makes you understand killing off your children. Oh Gotta protect that line of succession. Yeah. Oh. You're like, oh no, my first son is an idiot, which is like, it's a trait. He's an idiot. But my second son is beautiful. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to the first son. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr., move over for Ivanka! <laughs> God. And we've gone full circle. <laughs> Squadrons. I fucking love oh, that Squadrons game. is so good! Yeah, I need to geez, give it more time. Yeah, it needs more We keep talking about actually us all jumping on at the same time. Yeah. You're gonna Valorant. see how bad I am at games. <laughs> Valorant. Which one's Valorant again? Riot. Oh, Valorant, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Um, um, yeah. One game Wasteland that I want to play. Yes. Oh. One game that I want to play. It just, I haven't had time. I haven't gone, I haven't really bought much. Um, and that's Hyrule Warriors, the new one. I heard that one isn't as good. Really? Motherfuckers. Yeah. Hades. I was Hades, literally yeah. about to say that. Hades, like, yeah, yeah. Hades. What about that that free one that's on PS4? Was it Genshin or something? Oh, it's on every system. The Genshin Impact River. Yeah, it's on every I system. That one. I played that one. And was having a great time with it, and then it updated with a, like a seventy gig update, and I was like, "Fuck this, it's off." <laughs> oh, free I game, think... go bye bye. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil Three Remake that came out in twenty twenty. Yep, that got panned. Right. Oh. Hard space shipbreaker. 
Cyberpunk. 2077. That came out in 2020. Valhalla. Valhalla. Watch Dogs 3. Yeah. Ubisoft having a good year. Ah, Well, and a bad year. (laughs) Yeah. Ubisoft is having a year. A year. Oh my gosh. I bought Far Cry 5 on Stadia. Nice. Far Cry 5 is like the worst one. Yeah, I know. It's actually worse than Primal. Really? I've been laughing at the evangelical. Oh, no, look, the writing's not bad. No, no, the writing isn't. It, the gameplay is worse than Primal. Oh, okay. So, this is the I most Time magazine thing ever. They Fall have Fantasy a list remake. of t- the 10 best video games of 2020. Time magazine. But it's Time? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Four people wrote this article or contributed to the article. Sure. Let's go to the, Let's go through the list before we go. If we, if we must. Number 10, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Nope. Mm-hmm. Number Wrong. 9. I know. Number 9, Fall Guys. Yeah. Number sure. 8, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Okay. Number 7, okay. Call of Duty Warzone. <coughs> Excuse me. Number 6, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I have heard positive things about that one. It's Same. good. Number five, fucking Animal Crossing. Number four, motherfucking Among Us. Yeah. It's not a good game. It's not a good game. Yeah, but it was a phenomenon. Come on, it's a social game. Okay. I actually downloaded it for my PC. I've played it. I have Game Pass on my PC now, so. Number three, Last of Us Part Two. Number two, Spider-Man Miles Morales. And number one was Hades. Mm, Ghost of Tsushima should have been in there instead of Warzone. I don't know I'd yep. be okay with that list. No, list wasn't as bad as I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was surprisingly competent. Phil, time. tell our awesome listeners how they can get a hold of us and tell us their picks for best and worst of 2020. Yeah, we want to hear about your best and worst for 2020 and not about all the other stuff we talked about. So stay away from that. You can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Really, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find us. I think, like, Amazon, everybody's got us. And it's finally out in Canada, so go check it out. And if you like what you hear, please be sure to click the subscribe buttons. And leave a rate and review on those platforms that make it available. Because we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us talk about nothing at all. Yep. And this week, like I mentioned, we had talked about stuff that we couldn't ignore. But we also wanted to leave off the show in a fun, fun note. So we gave you our best and worst of 2020. Next week, we are back to two shows a week. As we not only have our news... But we are expanding our TV-verse as we begin discussing every episode of WandaVision. It's going to be fun. Snowpiercer was last year. Also a great TV show. Yep. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer coming up season two. Later this month. Also. I got to finish this one. 
2021 we're gonna try to expand things as tyler mentioned we will be coming to twitch soon we will be doing live shows and we want to expand our content and one of the things that i was thinking about and tyler just did it without even you know um us even talking about it, and that is podcast essays podcast rants podcast mini podcast things where we just send them out our thoughts into your ears Tyler, what do we have coming up this week? Oh, I had a really good way of summing it up to you, for you guys. I got to pull out of our Facebook chat because I, I I can't think of a better way to sum it up with that. It was basically, it's 30 minutes of me talking about why, what happened on Wednesday, January 6th, 2020, what it has to do with us gamers, why it's important, and what we can do about it. There we go. So that's going to be coming out on Wednesday of this week. So be sure to listen to that. It's going to be fun. And we're going to try a lot of new things. We're going to have a lot of content for you. And that's everything because it is the It's Canon Podcast. The podcast, we talk about anything and everything. We The podcast, we talk about all things video games, all things comic books, all things toys, all things books, all things TV shows, all things movies. And guys, do you know what the best part of it all is? Is it's all in canon. That's right. It is all in canon. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. Good night.